0: Hello, and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast.
1: A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens.
0: My name is Eric Lefebvre.
1: And I'm Jessica Tercero.
0: And this week, we watched The Grinches. Yay! All Grinches. So we would watched the uh, 1966 uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Then we watched the 2000 Jim Carrey uh how the grinch stole christmas and then we watched the illumination studios 2018 the grinch (laughs) yeah grinch so it was a grinchy week
1: it was weird watching um i mean but this is kind of like how the sausage is made right but it's like it is fucking november not even thanksgiving and i I just watched three christmas movies yeah and I'm I'm not one of those people that will, like, watch Christmas movies all year round. I know. Like, that's not me.
0: <laughs> so watching it before, especially not having, like, gotten into the holiday season at all, it's like, oh, Christmas. Cool.
1: <laughs> and I was like, this feels wrong. Like, this mm-hmm. feels weird. So it was it was strange. But then once I, like, got into it, then I was like, okay. Yeah,
0: okay. it's still... It, Here I am. <laughs> but it still worked out. I was, it was still fun. Because I, I remember seeing the Jim Carrey one. Because I came in 2000, so I was like, what, eight maybe-ish? I know, I was a little baby. And so I just remember being like, oh, I love Jim Carrey, and oh, this is great. And then, yeah, rewatching it, I was like, cool, <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, still. Still fine, but like not also.
1: There's like a lot to talk about there, especially with like about that decade. Oh, like, wait, like that, at the like turn like of the just, millennium? Yeah, like it really felt like a 90s film, yes. you know? Yeah, and yeah. so it was like... A lot of the stuff that they were doing... Oh, man. Yeah. I have a lot to say about it. Cool.
0: I say let's just jump in.
1: It felt like very like... Yeah. Yeah, let's jump in. I, I have a lot to say. Let's just do it. Let's go. Cool. Dope. Okay. All right. So the 1966 uh, How the Gretchen Stole Christmas... Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, an outsider of lore who remained ostracized from the eerie utopic cheer of Whoville, did not.
0: In an attempt to destroy the happy holiday, the Grinch loaded up his sleigh and stole everything from everyone in Santa cosplay.
1: Then when the Who's love of Christmas cheer outshined the need for material possessions, the Grinch nearly had a heart attack and joined the Who's in a celebratory Celebratory procession. procession. 1966. Pull up my notes. Okay. Like, usually I have, like, different categories of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I have two categories. Can I name them for you? Yeah, let's do it. I have the Grinch, a.k.a. Boomer. And I have Max Poor Dog. Yeah, okay. (laughs) That is literally all I have. Like, all of my notes fit into one of those two categories.
0: Yeah. I like that. Let's start it.
1: Let's do it. Okay, I guess um, let's talk about the Grinch how he his whole reason in this film for hating everything was because christmas makes noise and they're singing
0: yeah and he's annoyed by it he's annoyed he's annoyed by the cheery sounds of happiness of people who live in whoville i don't know i feel like i i feel like i watch this every christmas at some point right like at a party yeah. or somewhere it's like on and you're just like oh yeah the grinch you know it's happening um I don't know. I feel like just looking at it, it's just like a regular story, but I think a lot of what my lens was looking at it this time was through who Dr. Seuss was as a person. So, hearing a story about this sort of disgruntled curmudgeon of a person, but also looking at it from the perspective of like this weird all white utopic society of cheer and joy and the Grinch for some reason is the only person who doesn't look like them and he's like disgruntled by it and they're just all like, oh like they're more receptive to the idea of him being cheerful and being on board, but at the same time I don't know, it's hard. Because of the different versions of this character that are vastly different from each film, the first one, it does just seem like curmudgeonly. He, the Grinch seems curmudgeonly, but it's hard to not think about the context of, like, uh, <laughs> ostracization, uh, in a way that makes it feel like he has been othered and rejected by a society that is largely, uh, white presenting.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's really hard to tell in this because it's also so short (laughs) yeah because it is so short and there's like there's really no character development at all no right like there's the weakest of motivations there is like the only other character is the dog who we just see get treated like shit all the time or and like cindy lou who who is just literally like this little girl that's just like Hey, are you Santa?
0: She's a literal two year old in this one. Yeah. And she just, like, walks in there and she's like, Santa? And he's like, oh, no. I mean, yes, but also no, but also I'm going to take your tree, but why? The light's broken.
1: So this is like pretty much like a one man show, right? Yes. Because it was Boris Karloff
0: who oh, which, again, voiced
1: the Grinch yep. and the narrator, right? Yep. And so like he just like read this to himself, basically. Yep.
0: I mean, the narration is just verbatim, the book. I yeah. think there might be a couple things left out cuz they're trying to like visually create a narrative on, as well as like visually create a narrative around the words of the storybook. But yeah. I do think that it's like word for word just the book with animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's I it was just so like uh and I made the mistake too. I watched the other two before I watched this one. And I completely forgot that this one was, like, only, like, 20 minutes or something. It was, something. yeah. It is so fucking short. So yeah. I was, like, I had, like, all of this, like, in-depth character analysis of, like, the other ones. And then I, like, I go here. And this is the first time where I haven't gotten, like, chronological order of, like, releases. Yeah. And I was, like, oh. Wow, that's boring.
0: Yeah. Cause <laughs> I literally
1: was, like, eating breakfast while I was watching it. And I had, like, just a couple notes.
0: Well, because, there, like you said, there is no character development. It's, yeah. You go into this world. The established villain is the Grinch the established bystanders or the not necessarily because like there isn't really like a hero. I guess he's more of an anti hero in this way where like his heart grows and he's learns empathy, which is wild. Yeah. Yeah. But there's nothing for him to really combat against except for the joy of them and his lack of joy. And Mm -hmm. so that sort of being like a driving force of motivation in this is the only real quote unquote character development we get Mm -hmm. is just the, Establishing and the playing back and forth of super joyous and a complete pit of despair.
1: Well, and like it goes to like painstaking lengths to mm. say that he's a bad guy, right? There's yeah. like obviously like the the Grinchier mean one, yeah. right? I feel like that was half the movie it was just saying this is a vile, bad, no good, gross person. And literally everything about him, right? Like yeah. so, I, I, I mean, have I have a boomer checklist yeah. on here, right? Yeah. First of all, the Grinch uh, song is about a boomer, right? And uh, he hates Christmas, and everybody else should too. So you should feel the same as them because yeah. what they feel is right. Also. When he's stealing Christmas, like, is this whole thing? He's not stealing Christmas. He's fucking stealing everything. Oh, like, it's not even he, the Christmas. He stuff. steals like, their fucking food. He steals like, like, the couch,
0: just, too, at a certain point. He's yeah. <laughs> like,
1: but the couch is not
0: Christmas. Yeah, um,
1: like, hold on. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, taking
0: shoes? Is it because their shoes are red? I don't know, like, what you're thinking.
1: And then in my notes, I also have, like, he takes everything except for their house, which he'll probably take at some point, too. Like, when they can't afford to live there anymore, he'll just... <laughs> oh, yeah. He'll
0: take it. He's cause pushing he's them out. Yeah. Um,
1: also, like... Cause he's a I, landlord. Because I used to work with, like, a bunch of a bunch of boomers, and it was uh-huh. great. Yeah. But, like, watching him, like, go and, like, take the very last crumb from the mouse and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's absolutely 100%. 100% yeah. this is what this is.
0: Just to prove a point. And, like... Yeah, the Grinch feels justified in his belief because of some preconceived notion or some self. He took the fucking notion. light
1: bulbs. He took the
0: light. Like he took, the light, he took the light
1: bulbs. That's like, oh my god, like. You don't need a light bulb. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? Like, it's a hate. dollar. Yeah. Go. Go, like, you know, There's you have candles. In the it's the corner. It's fine. Go make it happen for yourself. Yeah, go, go do it. It's cool. <laughs> like, you know, we'll wait, you know.
0: Costco sells them in bulk. So you like, might have
1: extra bucks. You can go use those on your...
0: <laughs> yeah. If you have your Kohl's cash, they might sell it at Kohl's also. And like, you know that he clips it. those
1: fucking coupons, too. Yeah. Like a good boomer. So, Absolutely. you know.
0: He's all about a deal and a steal. Yep. All
1: about. <laughs> yeah, so uh what else do we have on my boomer checklist oh um the ultimate satisfaction is that he wants to hear other people crying because he took their stuff like so he literally steals all of their things and and then when they wake up he like sits there and he's like waiting for them to cry like he's just so like he just he wants to hear other people be miserable and share in his misery yeah and then when they don't that's when he's like what Mm-hmm. And then that's when he deems them worthy of getting their things back because he realizes like, oh, well, you know, it's not about the iPhones and it's not about this. That's OK. You can have them now because you don't need them. Yeah. You know, like, fuck you.
0: <laughs> I So 100 percent. I think my perspective on it, watching it first, it was very much like even though, yes, he is a stinky boomer. And kind of a snake. <laughs> he likes sloughs and all that stuff. It was hard for me not to ask the question, why is he isolated? Why has he been othered? Especially when that's indirect opposition of an all-white neighborhood. Yeah. He's the only one who is not white or doesn't look like them. So the whole time I was just like, I don't know, Grinch, get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, fuck them. They, well, yeah, like, and that's true. They developed that in the other movie more so as like an othering. But even mm-hmm. in just in this one with the lens of that, like, like rich and beautiful houses, and he has to live in squalor, and, like, he has this weird self-deception, not even self-deception, but he has this, like, weird, super, super self-deprecating view of himself in the way of just, like, a, well, I'm just a garbage person, and I'll eat trash, and I'm a slime, and I'm just gonna do it because I can, and that's who they think I am anyways. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, where did that come from? Because that sounds like, that sounds like inherited <laughs> trauma, and that also just sounds like Somebody did that to him. Somebody gave that to him. And yeah. the othering of that combated with a white neighborhood, a white society, a utopic society where it's like everything's perfect and blah, uh, blah, who door is, blah, 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 like that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, ooh. Some- I mean, obviously in the yeah. short film, it's like, I don't know at all, but my lens immediately went there and I was like, this is a story about inherited trauma. This is a story about othering. This is a story about, um, Uh, what is the term? White people take over an impoverished neighborhood. Gentrification! (laughs) I was like, this is a story about gentrification, possibly. We're getting, like, a really, really post-gentrified look at this place. (laughs) I mean, that's far out there. I know that. But...
1: No, but you know what? I love that. I love that you had that read and I had this one because this short film was so short and there was, like, literally no development or anything. Like, it can. Like, it is so open for interpretation. And, like, you were talking about when, like, you know, taking into account who Dr. Seuss was before, like, you know, the Disneyfication of, like, his name, right? where anything bad that he thought or anything, like, that he did kind of is erased by the legacy that he left, yes. which the legacy was these um, these children's books, which, like, he also did, like, an adult book full of nudes and stuff like that. He Uh-oh. also did a bunch of, like, political cartoons and everything, which were, like, super fucking racist. racist. And yeah, I, was- he, he was pro, like, Japanese internment camps. He was also... Um, I I know that he wore blackface for a performance, and I think it's because he wrote a a one-man play, right? he
0: did. He wrote a literal minstrel show where he's the lead actor and adorns blackface as the title character. Yeah. Because he wrote wrote the show and wanted to star in it as a uh, black lead, but he straight up did blackface for it. Yeah. Yeah, So that's Dr. Seuss. And yeah, and again, too, because he did a... uh, I forget what the publication was, but he did do, like you were saying, a political cartoon where he features... A, I think, two stereotypically black characters or um, sort of pseudo-slave style mm. illustrations yeah. and literally uses the N-word in that That's publication, like right. yeah, yeah. literally uses uh. it. Um, so he was hella cool. But no, and, so so knowing that, because yeah. I know we we you tossed me a couple articles. And I was I like, did, thank you so much. Because I was much. like, we
1: need to talk about I, this. Because we need to talk about his
0: history. <laughs> Sorry, and, I didn't quite catch that. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, Siri. doesn't Siri. know what racism is. Siri does not know what racism is.
1: <laughs> thank it's you, okay. Steve Jobs.
0: Um, no, but <laughs> when you sent me those articles, reading that and then going into watching this first short, I was like, oh, yeah, the Grinch is... This like gross cartoonish stylings of somebody who has been othered and given Dr. Seuss's track record, possibly mm-hmm. the black community and the Who's down in Whoville are perfect. And again, we're I will keep saying utopic because it's wild how... Harmonious, we're supposed to believe them to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As, as like, they're
0: all like literally in the cartoon, they're all white. They're all white who's mm-hmm. and that is who's in Whoville. They're white people. And so living in that place with that history, knowing it of Dr. Seuss and then the othering of the Grinch, I was like, that's exactly where my mind's going to go from the get go. And I'm like, you go, Grinch. Fucking yeah. like, steal their shit. Like, you should go in there and take their couch. You should go in there and take their shoes. You should go in there and take all their <laughs> shit. I don't care. And then when they're just like, well, we just don't care. And he's just like, that. Yeah. And then I was just like, well, that's a different thing. And he's just like, well, maybe I am the one in the wrong. And I'm like, no, <laughs>
1: <you're not." laughs> Well, see, I was a little bit less sympathetic to him because of, like... I feel like if he didn't have Max, if he didn't have his dog, then I would have been way more sympathetic to that. Yeah. But, like, he is just a fucking asshole. Like, oh. more so than in the other... Any other interpretation yeah. of uh, of this work, right? Yep. He is downright fucking abusive to his dog who is like there and is trying to like make him happy and trying to do all of the things because he's a good boy you know and like literally uses a fucking whip on him and is making him pull this thing that is like i mean like yes it's a cartoon and everything but like max is just treated like fucking garbage so because he was garbage to his dog like i was like like i Yeah, I think that's why I leaned more into, like, the boomer thing as opposed to, like, you were saying, like, the othering and all of that. Because I felt like rather than it being about that, it was more about him just being a terrible person and fucking isolating himself from everybody because he's an asshole. Yeah. Like, super terrible, toxic people, like, when they just, like, literally push everybody out and literally make everybody feel, like, trash. And it's
0: everybody else's fault.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that's why I did not.
0: Oh, and totally. Because, like, that... My opinion there, or my interpretation of it is not... That perception of what's going on fully excludes the fact that he abuses animals. Like, entirely. Because I think that's a whole separate conversation about, like, power dynamic and structure where he's felt slighted, so now he wants... It's like, bullies who bully because they've been bullied. That, like, cyclical inherited trauma, and then you traumatize or abuse others, they get that, and then because of that... They sort of, it's like that weird vicious cycle of abuse and trauma that happens a lot um, for people, or like just in general, that cyclical cycle mm-hmm. of abuse. But yeah, he was so fucked up to Max. Max is the size of a chihuahua, and his sleigh is the size of that fucking Tesla Tonka truck. <laughs> and he's just like, hey, carry it up the mountain. And Max is like, I'll try. <laughs> and then, like, he And puts he, the always big- yeah. he, always he always
1: tries. tries. Like, he always he tries. Always tries.
0: Like, and he always,
1: like,. He doesn't say no. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is because out of fear, like when the Grinch, the Grinch just has to look at him and he cowers like he's been hit, Yep. you know, and we, we don't see him hit Max, but we do see him like whip him. Yeah. Right. And we do see like all of his aggression and anything that goes wrong is taken out on Max. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, just when he like even looks at Max and he just like cowers away and stuff like that, it's like, you know, like, like you are saying, like perpetuating that cycle of abuse and everything. So these people like made me feel small. I'm going to make sure you feel small. Yeah you know you're going
0: to love me i'm going to force you to do it and that means i'm in control and that means i have the power and you have none of it
1: yeah, yeah. exactly and i thought one thing that this film did better than the others is it made the grinch actually seem mean cuz in like the, in the other ones like he has redeeming qualities yes but in this one he just like his heart really was like two sizes too small yeah. you know yeah i felt like this was just kind of like as cut and dry as you could make this character yeah and also, speaking about Max, like, what would the Grinch be without Max? Like, Nothing. think about that. Max really is the one that does the work, who goes off and, like, makes sure that shit happens and stuff like that. And he's – he's because in this film, we don't have, like, a Cindy Lou, or we don't have whoever. We have Max, and that's kind of who we're seeing – like, Max and the narrator, and that's who we're seeing the Grinch through. And so that's why I just found him, like, so, like, I can't even with you yeah. because, like – you're treating your dog like shit. Literally important. Yeah, he's like...
0: And that's... For me, it's also just because it didn't develop any of these characters, having all of these different perspectives is so easy to, like, justify or rule in as far as a possibility and be like, oh, I think it's this because, I mean, they don't really do a good job there except for the clear abuse (laughs) that is just there.
1: And another reason, I just just was looking at my notes, like, I realized why I didn't feel like or I didn't get that same read that you did. Mm -hmm. And it's because the Grinch never says sorry. And he's never, he never has to say sorry. He just like goes in, like takes their shit. Oh man, now I have a heart. Here's all your stuff. And then they're like, oh, thank you so much for bringing our stuff back. Mm -hmm. And he like, he gets like the place at the table of like honor and stuff like that. Like, you know, I get to carve the roast beast. I get to do all this other stuff. So I was like, you never once said sorry. You never once owned up to your mistake or anything. And part of me was like, because I was an okay Boomer thing, right? He probably went back there and said, hey, look, I found the person that stole your stuff. Ah! Here's all your shit. And then they honored him and were like, oh, thank you so much. And then he never had to own up to what he did or say sorry.
0: Because it was somebody else. Because it was somebody else. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's... If we had like a little bit more of that, I feel like that's what would have happened. Oh, like, totally, I don't yeah. feel I don't feel like he owned up to anything. I don't feel like he learned anything. Like, cool, like he his heart grew a little bit, but that doesn't like absolve you of the shit that you've done, you know? Yeah. So I because he didn't say sorry, I was just like, What a fucking privileged asshole, yeah. blah, 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 blah.
0: Well, the latter too, if I'm gonna argue the exact opposite of what I was arguing previously about Mm -hmm. the sort of othering as like whiteness versus Mm non-whiteness. If I were to argue that he is prototypical white cis male of the early 20th century, you could even argue that because of the sort of like, well, he's changed. Okay, well, has he said that he's changed? Has he apologized? Has he done anything to prove himself apart from this one small deed in a sea of misdeeds and abuse and grievances? Like... Has he done anything to redeem himself? But because of his place in the world as, a, from what we see, a male-presenting person, older person who feels like they know more than the rest, it's just completely swept under the rug, so to speak, his his misdeeds in yeah. this way. And they're just like, yeah, sure, let's go. Like, you're cool. Because the story was written, I think, in the f- 40s, 50s?
1: Yeah, I think so. 40s or
0: 50s. And then it was adapted in 66 into this thing. But yeah. since it's essentially the same exact storybook... You could argue that that's just white men getting the allowance from society of, like, you're probably fine, even though they're, like, a literal murderer or a literal abuser yeah. and all that stuff. Like,
1: And that's something that I have a really hard time with when it's, like, oh, like, you've had a whole lifetime full of shit. And then, like, oh, your last thing before you die is, like, you save somebody or you do something. Like, that doesn't fucking make up for, like, all of the abuse that you've caused people. I have a really hard time with that as a trope and it drives me fucking nuts. Well, that was
0: my whole thing with like, so I wasn't raised uh Christian by any means or raised religious at all. We were a fairly a, a religious household.
1: You're so lucky. Um,
0: can you believe that? But, oh but I God. did go to Christian school from seventh grade through twelfth grade. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, Which was wild, but having conversations about ethics in those spaces Uh, specifically about the power of prayer and what it means to, at the end of your life, if you were to accept, quote unquote, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, nothing that you've done in the past matters because now you're cleansed and absolved and you've changed. Fuck, no, you have not. Like, that's like, I can just go and do all this crazy bad stuff and then I'm just going to say those words and socially, if you do believe in that thing, everything's chill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think there's a lot of problematic stuff within there that totally negates the nuances and the, um, I guess, intersection of existence of people, especially in a modern way. Where We all have so many different versions of ways we exist and have existed and will exist in the future as mm-hmm. individuals. So just to chalk up the idea of, like, say Hitler, if he on his deathbed were to have said that, everything would have been chill. And right. teachers and... People in authority being like, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm like, nope, you're foolish. That's foolish, and I don't believe you. Well, I'm not... Because, again, 100% live your beautiful life. Obviously, as long as you're not hurting or harming people. Exactly. But So I'm not saying, fuck X, Y, and Z. I'm saying, from my experience personally in those spaces, I did not like how simplified the nuances of life became because life is so, so wild and complex and simplifying it to just a addition problem, like one plus one equals two. And that's the end of the game, sweetie. Like,
1: Well, yeah, and I think there's a lot of, from my background as well, Mm -hmm. like, you know, a lot of things where I was othered in churches and stuff, it's like, oh, you're a punk rocker. Like, literally, like, people, like, throwing their hair in my face, like, trying to pretend that I wasn't there. Like, and then I would, like, I remember walking out because like, you know, like you're saying, like, there's no room for nuance. There's no room for any of this. Right. Literally walking out of like some service where they were talking about gay bashing and laughing like it was a joke. I fucking got up and I walked the fuck out and I never like my parents would like drop me off to go to church and everything and I literally went down the street like after they dropped me off and sat in a Home Depot every single time because I fucking refused to go back. Yeah. After they did that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And like it was always apparent, but like when you're comfortable with that sort of hatred and that sort of and this is not all spaces and everything, but the space that I was being forced to against my will go to this place Like, this is what they were talking about, and this is the kind of values that they were perpetuating. Yep. And I had a very hard time with that.
0: So my boyfriend, he... When when we talk about stuff, sometimes he'll say, like, we all contain multitudes. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And hearing that is so fun, because it's like, we do. We all contain the variety and variance of um, just... I mean, shit, that life is forever changing. We're constantly growing. We're constantly learning we contain multitudes and we're allowed on some days to be sad, on some days to be happy. And, like, that doesn't mean that that's just who we are, but it's part of that equation. And I think reducing something as ethically charged and disgraceful as something like murder in that capacity that is just fueled by hate into a way where it's like, well, I just accept this thing. Now I'm a good boy. And it's like, yeah, you're a good boy in the eyes of the Lord. Like, no.
1: But, like, also like okay cool you're cool with God you're cool with whoever right but like that doesn't mean that everybody has to automatically forgive you that doesn't absolve you of what you've done to somebody or the hurt that you've caused and that doesn't erase it like maybe you might be fine in the afterlife or whatever you believe but like you you actually caused real hurt and real pain to somebody Yeah. and that does not get wiped away when you turn yourself over or when you're born again or whatever like because like uh, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't,
0: and because of that sort of idea that you can just say you're sorry to God, but then your actions aren't really absolved for with the people or interpersonal relationships you've had and all that. So just that idea blows my mind because it's just it doesn't it's absolve so that. It, it's it is so isolating because then it's literally allowing yourself to destroy your community and that's why a lot of people have like these weird like fronty relationships at churches or in chapel or in services because it's like they don't talk about reality they talk about the goodness and the grace of God okay cool that can exist but you can also have a real conversation about homosexuality you can have a conversation about sexual identity. You can have a conversation about social issues in your environment or in your state or how to do all those things. And you can still be a Christian if that's how you believe. And I think that that's cool. But generally the message, especially in modern day theology of Christ-centric religions, is so reductive to the point where I do think it destroys community.
1: I, from personal experience, from what I've have experienced in the several churches I've gone to. I would agree with you. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, that's not to say that that's all churches or anything. Exactly. uh, A lot of people that I know they don't believe in organized religion, but they believe in practicing themselves. Yeah. So, like, and I completely understand that. Yeah, because it's
0: like, honestly, this life is wild and weird. And if something brings you personal joy and peace, that's so sick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Follow that bliss. it makes you want to be a better person, as long as you are not hurting other people or, like, you know, using it to, like, be, like, above somebody else or anything, like... I think that's where my problem lies and just when people try to hide behind things to as a means to like hurt other people or try to like make them less than on things like that.
0: So I think in terms of the Grinch, I think that I think we solved it. I think we we did.
1: Also, especially (laughs) because there's only one other point that I wanted to make. The Grinch was afraid of a little girl. When he got caught, yeah, I kind of really loved that. That yeah. like he <laughs> he was like going around like being all like, "Oh, I'm so badass! I'm so badass! I am God! I like whatever, right?" And then like this sweet little like, "What are you doing?" Right? Yeah. And he's just like, "Oh, like you just see his whole body language change, because he's caught with his hand in the cookie jar, and he has to fess up to like." Because to me, like, uh, she represented innocence, right? Because, like, he wants to hurt people that hurt him. He wants to hurt uh, people that are conscious, making these decisions, othering him, all of that. Yeah. But she's, like, two years old. And he's just like, oh, shit. Like, so in doing this and trying to hurt just everybody, you're also harming people that are innocent that don't deserve it. Totally. And so, like, for him to get caught in that and then to have to, like come up with this elaborate lie and then try to put her to bed and do the whole thing but like I just love that like fucking terror on his face when he was just like you're scared
0: <gasps> well because now he has to fess up to something he has to she walked in the room and it was a mirror against the bad things that he was excusing because of x, y and z so yeah. now he's literally having to look into the mirror and be like, oh this is exactly what I'm doing and I either acknowledge that misdeed or Completely ignore it and continue, which is what he does. He it's, makes up a lie on that lie and is like, well, I'm taking your tree to fix the light and blah, 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 and I'll bring her back here in the morning so go to bed. And she's like,
1: cool, cool, cool,
0: cool. We'll it's do. only
1: through a young woman that he is able to truly see himself and what he has become. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Yep. Next! <laughs> cool. So this is The 2000 Grinch with Jim Carrey.
0: Here we go. Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, an outsider of lore who remained ostracized by Whoville society solely for his appearance and the bullying from his peers and reiterative taunts of otherness, did not.
1: But one day, Cindy Lou Who, unafraid of the Grinch, made him cheermeister, which led to a debacle as cheer simply was not his niche.
0: Fueled by revenge to destroy the happy holiday, the Grinch loaded up his sleigh and stole everything from everyone in Santa cosplay.
1: Then, when the Who's love of Christmas cheer outshined the need for material possessions, the Grinch nearly had a heart attack and joined the Who's in a celebratory, celebratory procession. procession. We're love so it! Cute. I know. We're so cute. So cute. Okay.
0: I love couplets. Um. So the Grinch 2000.
1: Do you, Do you want me to read you my topic? Yeah, names? I would love that. Okay so consumerism and christmas cool the grinch on the surface onion grinch he has layers mm-hmm. um audience opinion of what the grinch is supposed to be max cindy lou best dressed and inclusive af the mayor and Hoovian society and tradition uh miss sexy santa the epitome of everything wrong with white women where do we want to start um <laughs> oh and adult themes and humor oh okay cool Should we start there? Yeah, let's go for that. Cool. Okay, so like when this came out, think of what Nickelodeon was. It was like Rocko's Modern Life. It was Ren and Stimpy. It was all this other stuff, right? Which was all like pretty raunchy. And watching it as an adult now, I'm like, holy shit. How did I not see that? They got
0: away with so much shit. That was not like not even subtle.
1: No, not at all.
0: so surfacely sexual.
1: Uh, (laughs) So like uh, two of the things that I have to point out real quick the point where, like, they're talking about where the babies come from, right? Uh, And then it's like, you know... Why does he look
0: like your boss?
1: Yeah! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Like, he looks like your boss! Like, oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That, and then the one that, like, really I had to stop and I just like, could not control myself, was you know how, like, Baby Grinch goes and gets, like, fucking caught in a tree or whatever, right? And he's, like, othered from the beginning, right? Because his, like parasol looks all fucked up and like his basket's all janky and he gets like pushed off by this wind you know and like twirled around whatever and then he's like in this tree and nobody notices the fucking baby out there because they're at a swingers party yep. with the keys and the fishbowl. Yep. holy shit like pretty crazy they're off like not making babies because that's not where babies come from no but like, but
0: they're referencing sex in every possible way <laughs>
1: oh fuck yeah they yeah. are like man
0: well, cause then even the other, um, so Cindy Lou, who's parents, so Molly Shannon, I don't know her character name. And then yeah. her dad, they have the house next door to Christine Bransky, who is quote unquote hot babe that Grinch fell in love with as a kid. She still has residual feelings. That's that whole subplot. But when so they're gross. even putting up lights, that cannon—how sexual <laughs> that light cannon was! She's like, "Ooh," and then just like, "Go, go, 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 go!" And then, and even her low-cut
1: sh- like yep. thing with like the super like, "Oh hey, yeah,
0: oh I like your lights. Wait till you see mine." And then even Molly Shannon's <laughs> just like dumbfounded, and Molly Shannon's husband is also just like, "Ooh," and then she goes to the end of the cannon at the end and like blows the smoke. She's like, "Ooh, yeah, have a good night." And you're just like. Wow. This is a kid's movie. This is a kid's movie, yeah.
1: Yeah, great. So, (laughs) on that note, there was, like, um, something I read where it was Jim Carrey felt really shitty about not trying to take some of those adult jokes out. Uh,
0: He felt very uncomfortable not taking them out?
1: Yeah. he He felt ashamed for not trying to take them out, right? Oh, because
0: of this being a quote-unquote children's film yeah and then apparently
1: ron howard tried to take some out but the studio wouldn't whatever but like if you're making this children's film why are you going to add those things in there like why does that need to be in there like that was a choice it was a choice yeah especially like okay i get that you ad-lib some stuff and if you can't not be gross like i mean that's on you but like To have like the fishbowl scene, you know, where like it's a swingers party. That was a fucking choice, and that was a choice to leave that shit in. Yeah,
0: I think whoever uh, wrote this was trying to write something that was establishing a quote unquote adult world of the Whovilles instead of the sort of G rated, we just exist and breathe and we're harmonious. They're trying to, I think they were just trying to make it more of like a. It felt like they were trying to figure out the same themes of like who framed Roger Rabbit, where it's like an adult world but with cartoons.
1: It, I don't know. It was just so. It was so wacky. It was wacky. There's fucking soundtrack too. The soundtrack was wacky. It had Smash Mouth. It had all Where this Are You 90- Christmas?
0: Why can't I find you? Yeah, that gorgeous <laughs> ballad.
1: Oh my god. Um,
0: so I want to talk maybe about one of those themes. So. Cindy Lou as a full, and this is going to be a hard take, but she's straight up the punkest fucking character. Oh,
1: she fucking is! She's
0: like questioning authority at every possible moment. She's questioning capitalism. She's questioning the mistreatment of otherness or people who have been othered, like the Grinch. She's like, well, why is that? Like, yeah. even all the adults are just like, they see Grinch and everyone like freezes and pauses, they're Like, Oh, we can't even talk about that. We are not even going to talk about it. And she's like, why? She's like, "Yeah, like, whatever. You're just too young and you'll never get it. And like, they're so afraid of having a conversation about something that makes them uncomfortable to the point where they no longer even consider the Grinch a person. Like when she's in the mail room, with her dad and she's asking about like why doesn't the grinch get any mail in his mailbox the dad says the grinch is not much of a who he's more of a what so he's taken away his personhood and he's like well you know he doesn't really exist he's he's not a who he's a what he's not yeah. a person he's not one of us
1: Let yeah, me just say, for he's, sure like he's straight not, othering him yeah he's he's yeah. straight
0: up just not one of us and she's like
1: i and think he, that's he doesn't he... even know him either uh, yeah he doesn't know him he's never met him he's like he's just automatically this is what everybody says. But what's also interesting about that, too, is Grinch is not his name. Oh, when Because, yeah. again, Cindy Lou Who, punk as fuck, yeah. like, queen, great. She goes up and she nominates um, the Grinch as the cheermeister, right? And then the mayor goes and he's, like, looking through his, like, Whovian Christmas Bible, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like, the 2,800 commandments of Whovian whatever says... Yeah. And it was like, uh, Grinch shall be used to refer to anybody who does not have Christmas spirit or something like there's like a a definition for what a Grinch is in that, and that's what they call him by. So he just accepts that as his persona and never actually, like, we don't know his name. It's a you know? slur
0: that he's re-embraced as yes. identity.
1: Yes, exactly. And then it's great because, like, she challenges his authority because she has been, like, they've been trying to indoctrinate her into this, like, since birth, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. And so she knows this book just as well as he does, right? And so he's like, well, no, no, no. See, right here it says this, you know, the Grinch sucks and he can never be a part of this, whatever, right? Or Grinches suck, whatever, right? And then she's just like, yeah, but it also says this. And he's like, well, uh," And they're like going back and forth. And then eventually he just makes something up just and closes the book. And she's like, well, what page is it? And he's like, oh, uh, I lost my page. Uh, But she straight up is asking him like, yeah, tell me, show me in this book where it says this because you're wrong. And I know you're lying.
0: He is a cop.
1: He is totally He's just a cop. straight up
0: a cop, and like, so even when she's questioning the authority of the mayor, who's essentially making things up to prove his point, she's now reconsidering what Christmas means to her. So when she has that song, where she's singing, "Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I, I, love I find that you?" Song so I, which much. is like so sweet. She's like, "Where have you gone? Why can't I find you?" Like, what I thought Christmas was was this other thing, but all of these adults around me are. It's like that's. They're doing the exact opposite of what I thought this was. And she's like, have you, have you changed or have I? Mm-hmm. That is existential crises city of where do I exist in this world? Where, where, like, that's discovering autonomy. It's discovering individuality and, 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 and it's, it's a motive leading to action for growth, right? And I just yeah. think it's the coolest thing. She's like, oh, this thing I've been told to be the best thing every year, always. I don't think it's for me. It's not what I've been told. Have I changed or has it? It's like, and it's also not even just being like, well, it's not what I thought it was. It's like, it could have been that, but I could also be different. I could have also changed. That's possible.
1: Yeah. Well, and there could be a different definition, right? Like, I mean, I think one of the big things too is she's wrestling with... The definition that she grew up with, right? Where this is what Christmas is, and this is what it means, and like then what it has evolved into has been like you know this consumerist holiday where like literally it's like everything is ninety nine percent off, ah! yeah, like for literally know. twenty so seconds. <laughs> the the holiday has become more about the shopping and about that, and like not necessarily about the gift that you're giving people, but just what is cheap or what you can do. And like so, I remember watching this like as a kid, and like that resonated with me so much because like my mom was the person that would have like the tree and like all of these presents for like the neighbor and their daughter and then this person and the blah 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 blah, blah. but it would like literally be a throw blanket like not not something that meant anything but just everybody has a present to open this is what it is but like she she would start shopping for christmas like five months in advance before like now that's a thing that everybody does right but that's what she did and like i remember like just kind of being like she would buy my gifts for other people so they're like oh thank you for this and i'm like what did i get you oh like i don't know like and so like christmas for me has always been like i mean just holidays in general right like in a capitalist society it is so much less about like you know the camaraderie and like the community and everything and it's more about like what can i buy what can i get what can i do like and it's like even gift giving like it's not joyful for a lot of people it's just like i oh i need to get something for my coworkers. god damn it and it's like it's this chore but we still celebrate it like this like people go out in santa hats and it's just like Uh, like, being a kid, having my own existential crisis about all of this, and seeing this, I was just like, preach. Like, yes. It felt like so much of the media at the time for kids, where it was like, the kids were questioning what the adults were doing, and we were the voice of reason, you know? And so that's, That's how it felt. And, you know, like, and I love that she's, she gets validation in this film, like on so many different levels and because that wasn't something that a lot of us were going to get, you know? So we like seeing somebody get it was like, fuck yeah.
0: But also seeing a character not only get it, but have the confidence to go for it in in such a fearless. A young woman too. Yeah. She's Like, like not more than nine or 10 and she's just like, well, why can't we do this? And like, cause you can't. She's like, well, okay, I'm gonna. And then she goes to his house and just like walks and she's like, Hi. He's like, why are you here? Uh, Well, I wanted to invite you to this thing. You're not afraid of me? No. And he tries to scare her to be like, you don't belong here. And she's like, that might be true, but I would like to invite you at least or at least talk with you about coming to this thing because I think you deserve better. Yeah. I think you deserve a better chance. I don't think people are listening to you and I want to listen to you. So if you want that, you're welcome to it. But you also don't have to. It's up to you. Yeah. I just want to at least extend... I just want to open the door at least to give more than this community has ever given to you in mm-hmm. your entire existence.
1: And what a great narrative. Like yeah. just what a strong thing for them to come out and just like, okay, this is, this is who we want Cindy to be. Yeah. I, I love that. Love that so much. Because so many of the adults were just so tiring and so boring. And, like, a lot of the Grinch's, like, narrative was because of, like, you know, all of these old world views and all of this other stuff, you know? Like, so she's supposed to represent the new generation and just, like, you don't have to do this to yourself. Like, it doesn't have to be this way. And I'm going to show you. Yeah. And it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not even a big deal. It's cool.
0: I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so cool. And it's just... uh, She she was, for me, the best part. I had a lot of issues
1: with anything with Cindy or with no
0: Cindy I'm saying Cindy is the best part yeah I think her character was well thought out it was well crafted and I think her placement within the narrative is so important to why I like this movie Mm -hmm. because of the reiteration of questioning ideals or questioning authority because I'm like Yeah. yeah fucking you should like think for yourself you should come up with your own ideas um them diving into more of what I was assuming about the first one about the othering and like well, before we even get into that, if we're going to have the topic about othering, there is, and I counted, because I was paying the fuck attention, one person of color in this movie. And you know how long, she was, I, you know how long she was on screen?
1: Like, point 0.2 seconds. Yes.
0: She's in the classroom when uh, it goes back to the Grinch and that whole origin story. They pass her. Literally, everybody, adults, children, everybody. Oh no, there was one more. Was there?
1: There was one more for point two seconds, oh, my and gosh. it was like one of those, like everybody hears a sale, or like it was like where it there was, was, like, it was one of the background actors, Hella Who's everywhere, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: So to because again, this is thirty six years after the first one. Where now we're having a more clear, not even clear, but like way more of a conscious conversation about inclusion and exclusion and um, treatment of people of color and the white patriarchy and white supremacy in this country. Yeah. So for a story that is so or feels so clearly about othering and about ostracization on appearance alone, the fact that them using that narrative in this movie and not casting, I guess, any people of color it's just it's weird to me because even that as a choice to direct a narrative about this seems like it's proving its own point about exclusion yeah you know and Absolutely. so that was all fucked and like it was upsetting to watch just in the sense of like we're getting this side of the Grinch who has been bullied and now he just doesn't want to be there it's not like he was me and we're getting a backstory of like he never fit in And Mm -hmm. all these white people made sure that he's not fitting in. He's not there. And the only person who's, like, kind of in his corner is only in his corner because she's exoticizing him. Yeah. You know, like, the only reason Christine Brancy's character was, like, low-key, let's talk, Grinch. I want to, like, I want to be friends with you, is because she, like, wants to smooch. She wants to kiss. She, like, has a big old crush. And that's the only reason. And it's just exotifying an other, right? It's just which is its own whole thing. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and the other thing too, is like, you know, she was like, like you were saying, exoticizing him. And so that's, that's something that I hate is like, then it's like, oh, but she likes him. No, 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 no. Right. Yeah. She doesn't know anything about him. She's never like been able to hang out. And so, or like she never allowed herself to do that. So then she exoticized him. But when it came time for like, When he really needs somebody to stick up for him or to be in his corner. She's not there. She wasn't there because she was afraid of being othered herself.
0: Yep. She's afraid of the backlash. And that's why, to me, it's like, oh, this is a movie about racial segregation and white supremacy. Mm -hmm. Or at least... What it felt like because, again, these clear motives were there. Yeah, you do have allies or there were allies, but a lot of them were cowards because of the way that they – like, well, if I stick up for this person, I'm going to be treated like them and I don't want that treatment. Yes. So they had that white privilege to say I'm not going to stand up and I'm not going to be mistreated. Whereas these people who literally can't hide because it's how they look. It's how they exist. It's how they are here in this current world and there's nowhere to go except – be the fucking bludgeon of that torment, be the bludgeon of that bullying, be like, and that's trash and that's crazy. And so like in this movie, I was like back to again, still hardcore in Jim Carrey's corner. And then being like Cindy Lou, who being a younger generation who is questioning that systemic racism and questioning all of that stuff and being like, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think, you're bad. I don't think you're scary. And like yeah. that whole thing where he's like trying to scare her because that's what he's been taught about himself in a society that calls him scary. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, I don't think you're scary at all. Why are you scary? And he's like, well, just, that's just, and she's like, okay, but I don't think that it just, those small moments yeah. were, they were great. They were wonderful. They were yeah. nice, especially because it's, it feels like it's clearly that story or at least mm-hmm. this version of it is clearly that story with the whole background of the bullying and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, since we're on his backstory, like, the the mayor, who's the kid that, like, bullies the Grinch yeah. when he's a kid, right? Like, um, he's the one that is the leader of the othering,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Like, he's Uh-oh. the one that for sure is like, oh, no, 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 we can't have him. It says here in the book of and blah, 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 blah. He's not allowed, right? And, like, the reason that he starts to go after the Grinch is because he sees the woman, the hot girl in class, kind of like gives the Grinch a look like, hey, and he feels threatened, so he has to make him even more like othered and even more like he has to make it known that he is not okay with this and everybody else falls in the line. Yeah. And so like, you know, the fact that he openly is able to do that and then rise to a position of power where he then still won't let up on this poor woman, right? Who is marrying into wealth and power and all that other stuff, which is horrible. But He literally proposes to her on Christmas. Cool. Gives her 30 seconds to answer. Awesome. In front of a crowd. In front of a crowd, which is also bullshit. And, oh, if that wasn't enough, here's a brand new car that I bought with embezzled funds. Like, they went out of their way to make sure that he was just, uh, like, the worst person (laughs) in the whole fucking world. Like, oh, not only did I get you the biggest ring that I could find, but also, here's a car. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It is fucking, yeah. Like, I like that they made sure to make him villainous. They made sure to make him feel like, yeah. a, like a slime ball, right? And that is also part of my favorite thing with this movie is he's straight up, like, if we're looking allegorically, he is a cop. He's a politician. Yes. He's a mayor. He's a literal mayor, right? So um, within that... His I'm sure he had a hand in creating this rule book or at least annotating and revising this book yes. in the thirty so years that he's existed post um ostracization of the Grinch, right? And mm-hmm. because of that, he is putting all his own morals and values in there that are just seated in pure racism and, 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 and the shame that he has because he felt small and now that's that imposition of power is now just the way that the society has to work. And I'm like, cool, this is just systemic racism. Yeah. This is rezoning classist but racism. Yes. That's literally all this is because, because of these personal indictments of racism, these personal structures that these politicians have, that goes into society and the structure of it. So to argue that classist or systemic racism does not exist is fully, fully bullshit because of, like, something as small as this B-plot in The Grinch is just a clear demonstration of shit like that, and it's mm-hmm. it's a story of othering, and it's a story of that.
1: Well, and, like, also, too, <laughs> like, I mean, even in the very beginning when, like, the teen kids go up, there, like, oh, you gotta, like, you gotta knock on the door, whatever, bullshit, right? There's this point where they come back and they're scared shitless because, like, oh my god, The Grinch, oh my god, right? And... When they come back, the mayor is like, "You wait, you did what?" Because you know the tradition is more important than you know moving forward and stuff like that. But there's this point where like the dad is like, "Oh no, no, they were uh, committing arson. They were doing this," and they're like, "Oh my god, oh thank goodness. I'm I'm so glad that you didn't go see the Grinch. They would rather these kids break the law in these horrible ways rather than mention." The Grinch's name, so that's also like erasure too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like these people don't exist, so we're not going to talk about them because they're not included and they're not allowed.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's why I love Cindy Lou Who so much because she's just she sees right through that, and she's like mm-hmm. nine, which I'm like, yeah, dude. All of these ideals are just baggage. It's baggage from mean people. It's baggage from bad people that yeah. we are reiterating as historical fact or reiterating as as what is expected or what is the norm. And um, the fact that she's like well, no. Like, that might be the norm, but why is that the norm? Tell me. And he's like, he can't come up with an answer. (laughs) And she's like, cool. Well, then I don't believe you. I'll go talk to the person himself. I'll get both sides of the story. I want to see what's happening in a real way, not in a way that you've reframed to make you look like a hero.
1: Well, the only reason she's allowed to do that, too, is because her parents are kind of like uh, negligent, right? Yeah. Because, like, they're like, what are you doing? Oh, go ask your mom. Like, you know, like, they don't pay attention to anything that she says or does. They don't Pay attention because they're so busy being consumers, right? And they're, they're so busy up appearances, and they're so busy like you know keeping up with all of these different traditions and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, but speaking of tradition, there was this part that I really loved that was like, you know, the part where like the baby Grinch, uh, just BB Grinch, B. B. That's what we're gonna call him, BB, when he like obviously like him being there and him being in the space in itself is, like, breaking down a lot of things, right? Like, when he's living with his moms and stuff like that, which, yeah. they were totally lesbians.
0: He had that. moms, yeah. and I
1: love that, and I, great. So, he, they, and they, they were always, like, there for him, always, like, cool, 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 you know, they allowed him his face, treated him like a Whovian, whatever, but when he liked that girl, right, and they were gonna give everybody presents and everything, right, he, mm-hmm. he liked her just because she actually looked at him, and she acknowledged him. So, he goes home, and he takes all of these family heirlooms, and he's just like, whatever, and literally smashes them. Fuck tradition. Fuck all of that, right? Smashes them, and then takes the best parts of them that he likes and creates something new for himself to express himself. And I thought that was like, I, I'm sure that they did not intend that, but I fucking love I loved that. I love that, too.
0: Building something out of something that means, like... Yeah, and build, not being afraid to destroy,
1: like, you yeah. know, destroy something no matter how long it's been around, yeah. you know? And it doesn't mean that the whole thing is trash. You can just, like, take, like, these little bits and pieces and then, like, discard the rest. Yeah. like
0: The good bits that feel good, you yeah. can still have those. That's fine. But, like, think about it. And then cut them out of the equation. cut Cut those moments and cut those pieces and... Write a new story. Write a new frame of mind. Write a new anything. Anything away from this old tradition. Yeah.
1: And like when he went to, he was going to go give her the thing. That's when he got torn down. Yep. When he was trying to break tradition and break out of all of that because he looked different.
0: Yeah. And she gave him presents and he gave her presents. Mm
1: -hmm. P
0: R E S -S C -C. Ah! (laughs) So like essentially saw him in a way that wasn't somebody like she just saw him and not like the fact that he didn't look like everybody else and he wanted to give her. So presence versus presence. I love that. That's fun. Um, I do want to go back to the lesbian relationship. Yes, please. Because this is something that uh, a lot of films did, especially in like the nineties and stuff when gay characters were starting to become more of a DF storyline in a lot of films where it's like inclusion, but not really because it's never explicit. Mm-hmm. There's an implication of, like, they live together, but they could be sisters. They look similar enough that, like, there's an implication of a queer relationship if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But it's never actualized. It's never uh, visualized. It's never um, given any more clout than the assumption of maybe. Mm-hmm. And so that's that sort of... D plus work of inclusion for queer characters, which a lot just like so many movies and television shows have done that. Where it's yeah. they're gay but they're not. Especially gay. in that
1: time too, yes, and especially exactly. because it was a children's story, right? So there was like, oh, they'd rather I mean, talk about like how dare you straight up
0: fucking than talk about two There's, ladies. They'd kissing. rather talk
1: about swingers, yeah. Like they'd rather like which do is like all of that.
0: Sick, and I'm on board for that kind of poly sure, type yeah. lifestyle. But in this case, that is more acceptable than any resemblance of a non-hetero binary relationship. Right? And
1: I hate that they just didn't come out and say it. Like I and yeah. that's something that like watching a lot of this stuff like and going back with this lens and like you know all of that now that I'm not a kid watching this stuff I'm like it is so subtle and it is so like under the table right like you can't like you have to infer so much in order f- to allow these characters to yeah. exist mm-hmm. and that's shitty.
0: It is shitty. And like look at even Everyone is getting this like baby in a fancy little carriage, and then the quote unquote queer couple gets Stop. the tattered sort of like not to say that he is tattered, but like we're seeing a visual representation of poverty. Yeah, the Grinch is from what we're being explained to is visually poor. His
1: he's disadvantaged.
0: He's disadvantaged from the get go, and also I hated this little bit because this is hella gross when the two carriages are flying down and then the Grinch bumps the other one out of the way mm-hmm. and, like, keeps going as a nod to the villainy of poverty. Like, because uh, like, that's, that's, like, an open visual conversation about, yeah. like, this whole idea of, like, quote-unquote handouts or welfare and all that stuff. Because that just, like, being like, man like, see, look, an advantage. It's like, no, it's fuck off. <laughs> no, it's not.
1: I'm getting so mad. So
0: that that small moment, even though it was just a small moment, I mean, again, like you're saying, like we're talking about, everything is a choice. Everything is intentional. And that, they literally had to CGI this moment and, like, make it into the movie as, like, a fun little, like, and it's not a, it is a visual representation of the demonization of class, the demonization of poverty.
1: Well, and I think a lot of that, too, is, like, because it was probably all white men in this room writing the script or making these choices. Right. Yeah. They saw it and were like, Oh, this will be fun. But they didn't see the implications that they had. Like oh. it, it wasn't a conscious, Oh, this is poverty. And this is what this is going like. It's just like, this is how this is going to like, there were so many moments in here that it was just like, I was so disgusted with, but I feel like it was like that, like where, you know, if they had anybody from a different background other than just a straight white men, or men, a straight white man. a straight white man. <laughs> In the, the collective room. straight the, white men, the collective. Yeah,
0: we can call um, him Kyle if we'd like.
1: <laughs> no, we have you. a Kyle. I, I don't want to. I'm sorry, <laughs> Kyle. We won't, say, we won't call you Kyle. <laughs> um, can we come up with like a maybe like just like a rich white name like Edmund?
0: Edmund, I like Edmund. No. Edmund, I'll say Edmund.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's do Edmund yeah. for now. Okay, instead of Kyle. Yeah. Um, but like so. If they had anybody other than Edmund writing this thing or like even just like looking at it before like they went to this, like, I mean, yeah. But
0: especially then, I think the only thing that people were worried about as far as visually in especially children's media was sexual innuendos and sexuality, because that was way more of a bigger topic than social issues uh, as far as exclusion and poverty because nobody's talking about that even though it's a part of society nobody wants to have that conversation yet and i don't think that conversation really started getting going for at least a few years after that into into a like because yes we had a lot of that in the 90s but mm-hmm. um people love to ignore uh, other voices at all times so even if well, there gets some and, you know so it's yeah. just like no matter what conversations have come before general society and white society at large will completely forget that that happened because it's hard to think about. It's hard to talk about it, especially when you're butting up against your own existence in this world. If you are a white presenting person and then you have to think about privilege and then you have to think about fuck. Well, what have I done in the world that I was unconscious of because of my privilege that may have perpetuated some sort of negative thing on somebody who doesn't have that kind of power. Like I do, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so it's, it's, you have to get into that mindset of like, how does my inclusion in this world affect other people, especially Mm -hmm. with the power structures that be right? Yeah. So we don't want to have that with conversations. We don't want to talk about that. That's hard.
1: Well, like, (laughs) I mean, but we do want to have those conversations now. I'm I'm saying the
0: collective. We is like the general white populace doesn't want to talk about it because yeah, it is hard and it does make you second guess and question things because by not thinking about that, it's very easy to slip into conservative idealism and the, the, well, not all cops and not all this and not all that. Well, if he wasn't aggressive, maybe he wouldn't have. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, you can slip into that because you're not acknowledging reality. You're acknowledging your one-sided view, and that one-sided view is entirely privileged, especially if you're male, especially if Mm -hmm. you're white. You know what I mean?
1: Well, and I think something that's been really with the rise of social media, right? Like we're now able to have these conversations more often Mm -hmm. and we're able to like, you know, give more visibility to these types of issues and conversations and things. And so I think I, I feel like at the very least we've gotten louder, yeah. you know, Mm -hmm. and I know there's lots of things that have, that I've consumed that have made me question my own place and everything. it's like, like, at first it wasn't comfortable, but, like, I was like, I need to do this work. Let's let's get on this. Yeah. And it's something that, like, you're never, no matter what, you're never going to be done. And if you're done, there's a problem.
0: Exactly. Like we've talked about before, yeah. the idea of, like, achieving total enlightenment is not realistic. It's not realistic to have a conversation about utopia, speaking of recent conversations, yeah. because that's not achievable. And that's not a realistic goal. What is realistic is current circumstance and the actual reality of social structures and power dynamics in that way Mm -hmm. so by being like well in a perfect world it's this yeah well cool go have that conversation at a wall because it's not it will never get you anywhere except in the complacent state of well not me that Mm -hmm. you're in because like well it's not me because i'm a good guy it's like cool but like you're allowed to be good but you can also see yourself as part of the problem in ways where you benefit the where others don't. like. Yeah. Because whether it be like it or not, like me, a white male-presenting person, I am a part of that system. I am a part of that problem. And because of that, I benefit from all that privilege. And because of that privilege, I am a part of the problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like That's just a part of the conversation. That doesn't make me a bad person, but it does mean that I benefit from a racist society because mm-hmm. of how I look. So... Yeah, it's everybody or it's nobody. So you need to have the conversation about the collective whole in the collective society before saying, well, I'm one of the good ones. Like, yeah, sure. You could be good. But that's you saying, I don't want to have this conversation. That's you saying, I don't want to.
1: That's you shutting it down. Because it's shutting you're it down. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. So um should we actually get into uh the Grinch in this cuz I feel like we've we've hit on everything else <laughs> except like except the Grinch. So the film goes through like uh I want to talk about Grinch on the surface and then we'll get down to the Shrek onion layer Grinch they're both cool. green. <laughs> yeah. <That works. laughs> um but like okay so Grinch on the surface right they go over the top trying to make him super grotesque. They make him eat onions. He's fucking naked the whole time, pretty much, right? Yeah. I hated seeing, like, his buttocks. I did not need to see that. Yeah. Like, And, like, also, he knows how to sew, and he just doesn't wear clothes just because he doesn't, like, he decides to be naked, and that's his choice. Yeah. Cool for you. But, like, I don't want to see your butt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, like, like I said, we don't know his name. He like is trying to like keep his heart tiny and like lose inches and stuff. Like we try to lose weight and yeah. everything, right? And that's like a point of pride for him, which I thought was really interesting and really telling. And he's also a fucking genius inventor. Oh, like, yeah. holy shit, he's so good at what he does. Like, imagine what he could do if he was not othered. Yeah,
0: yeah. instead of instead of using that just to like scheme against that because obviously you want to teach a lesson about bullying, but oftentimes that reiterating inherited trauma or inheriting trauma and then espousing that upon others, right? Like, yeah. If he didn't have that trauma in the first place, like, he could have done so many cool things. You're correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He could have done so many cool things. He could have, like, in four hours, he built a sled, made a costume. He, like, added all this other stuff, like, and he came up with a plan and stole all the presents and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, he's efficient as fuck. Yeah. For as lazy as he's been, like, you know, because he hasn't had to do anything because he's, because he's been sad. Yeah, and you know he's been sad. He's been because he's been othered. Like, and that's like a, such a big narrative of his. You know, yes. is just yeah. like he's just super depressed, and he's just like sitting there, and he's like, "Am I eating because I'm bored?" Like, checks his messages to see if anybody's called him. You know, yeah. He's talking to his echo. He's like, you know, checking his schedule, and it's like wallow in pity, solve hunger, don't tell anybody that kind of stuff, and it's just like he.
0: Which, part, part of me was, like, super positive on that. Because, like, he is the one character in this story, apart from Cindy Lou, who, who allows themselves to feel earnestly and honestly. Like, yeah. he's scheduling time for grief. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, sick. Everybody should be doing that. Like, <laughs> we should be allowing ourselves time to think and contemplate and cry and, like... Allow time for grief.
1: He can't cancel dinner on himself? Like, cool, good for you. You need me time. Self-care.
0: Yeah. He's a self-care queen. (laughs) (laughs) We stan a self-care queen.
1: (laughs) I think that needs to be on a shirt. (laughs) I know. The Grinch is
0: a self-care queen. It's true. And I just, I hate the who's in the story so much just because it's, yeah, it sucks. And he's like villainous and it's, it's, he still does bad things, but I'm like, low-key hella justified.
1: Oh, for sure. In, for in, sure. And
0: just the way he goes about it, just because of, like, the past of it all. And then, uh, it's, Cindy Lou, who's just perfect. But, yeah, the Grinch is a strong, capable, independent person who, like we said earlier, contains multitudes, right? Like, contains the capacity for self-love and self-care, but also is constantly self-degradating at nearly every turn because... He has been told and shown that he's not worth it. So yes, that's
1: what he's been taught, you yeah. know?
0: So he has all of that within him. And I think a lot of us can relate in that way where some days we feel like shit and think we're less than. And other days we are we understand our power and we understand our worth and we understand that we should love ourselves. We should allow ourselves the love that we give others in, in some capacity, like... Yeah. Well, no, yeah,
1: no, no. and, like, I mean, because he was, he was so othered and so lonely and so off by himself, like, literally, like, even the person that, like, gave him the look that one time, you know, never spoke to him. When he left, when he got so sad because, like, he cut himself shaving, and that was that was enough to send him over the edge. Yeah. Like, I'm tearing up just thinking about that. Like, he just peaced out, and nobody went to look for him. Yep. Not his mom or his other mom, or the authorities, or anybody. They just let him be off on there and could care less what happened to him. And that is so sad. And, like, obviously, it's not a fucking far trek. Like, you know, you saw, like, Cindy was able to make that walk, like, what? In, like, half hour? Yeah, Cindy's killed Everest. You know? It's not that hard. She's like, chill, whatever. (laughs) Like, and she's just like, hey, cool. Like, and that... When she goes up to him, that's, like, the very first time that he's been seen in a long time. And that's why he freaks out. And that's why he's just, like, like, go away, you know? Because when when you're so used to being alone and, like, sad, like, it is so jarring for somebody to come up and be like, hey, what's up? It's like, do you get out (laughs) of here? To actually
0: be inquisitive onto who you are or how you exist. Like, to actually ask questions that aren't just surface and just be like, how are you doing? Like, even just a phrase like that, for somebody who hasn't been asked that in, like, 20 years, jarring as fuck. I 100% empathize with his reaction, with his, like, I'm scary, please go away, like, I'm not doing this. And she's like, well, the the invitation's open, he's like, okay, bye, and then, like, lever down, go home, stop talking to me, no. Like, you don't get it, you don't get that I'm trash, you don't get that I'm not worth it. So you misunderstand. They all get it and you don't.
1: Yeah. You need to go talk to them. Yeah. And then.
0: And she refuses. And I love that. Yeah. I'm like, she's so That's persistent. Is... Oh, so sick. She's so lovely. Yeah. But.
1: Yeah. I really liked that she, she did that and that she kept doing that. And he also at his core, like, even though like he's a bad guy, right? He's quoting and I'm doing air quotes. You can't see it, but I'm bad guy. Right. Yeah. Deep down, he just wants people to be sad and he wants them to be depressed and yep. he wants to hurt them emotionally in the same way that he's been hurt, but he does not want to physically hurt anybody and he does not want anybody to die or come to any harm. No. Like, so, and that's why when we see Cindy, like, you know, their interaction in the mail room, right? And then she like is in the sort of thing and he's like, all right, ugh. and then he's like. I can't do that. I can't do that. Like, he's like, I'll give you a pink slip and, like, make you think your life is ruined. That's super tight. Yeah. But I can't hurt somebody else.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because what, like, the eviction notice, the pink slips, the jury duty, jury duty, that yeah. whole thing. it's like, that's more of a nuisance situation. Like, and they're also yeah. not real. Like, it's obviously exactly. fake letters. It's to scare the people. It's to do small slights against these people that are not damaging, but to him, a sense of self-justice. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't... That's not to excuse the behavior by any means, because I still think that a lot of the shit that he did is wrong. But if we're being realistic about the circumstance of his character, I will say that some of that shit is justified.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: un- until they have a bigger conversation about the treatment of him. Yeah. Own, it's it, understandable. own your power. Yeah. Come into it. Show them that you're worth it. Show them that, like... Show them that they've done wrong in a big way mm-hmm. that they've essentially ruined your life like own that power own that strength
1: well and i think that that's something that they they did really well is they created they gave so much nuance to this character to where it's like yes he's doing really fucked up things yeah. but at the same time like you can understand like i I found his character, like, there were moments that, like, you know, when I compartmentalize it and be like, okay, there's this part and this part and this part, like, I really loved these parts, I really hated these parts, but when you look at it, like, the the pieces of him all together, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, I was looking at it, and it was like, okay, so he's... At the core of him, he's a sad boy, right? Yeah. Because, like, the way that the film frames this, because, like, we're doing a lot of inferring about, like, othering and all this other stuff because of race and because of class and all of that. Mm-hmm. But what the film presents to us is he othered himself because of a girl. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. So that's what we saw is, like, oh, he liked a girl. And it didn't work out, so he peaced out, you know, and he was made fun of. Mm -hmm. Um, But then at the same time, he's supposed to be a good guy because he sees through capitalism.
0: It is nuts that this character who we're supposed to see as a villain, um, I mean, he's just a product of the environment at which is so, so, so uh, far behind in acceptance Mm -hmm. that we as an audience are supposed to be like, oh, yeah, no, he is a villain. It's like, no. no. Except for the segue glimpse into uh, Cindy Lou, who's mentality. But I like this movie.
1: I like this movie, too. It
0: was like, a, I, I yeah. loved
1: how, like, cartoony it was. Like, yeah. you know, the, the first one was drawn by Chuck Jones, I think, right? Like the 1966 one. And then this one felt, it felt like, it kind of felt like, you know, when they, like, started bringing Batman and stuff like that. like live action and everything. And I loved that. I loved that it was a little bit zany. I loved that it was this. I thought it was well done. I agree. Yeah.
0: I thought it was well done. Cool. Let's begin.
1: The Grinch 2018. Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, an outsider by choice who did not believe in the joys of camaraderie, friendship, or family, did not.
0: Fueled by subtle jealousy and annoyance for the happy holiday, the Grinch loaded up his sleigh and stole everything from everyone in Santa cosplay.
1: Then, when the Who's love of Christmas cheer outshined the need for material possessions, the Grinch nearly had a heart attack and joined the Who's in a celebratory, celebratory procession. procession. I almost said profession. Profession. Celebratory <laughs> profession. <laughs> in a celebratory profession. I mean, it could be it like could work. it's cool. It's like Christmas Town or whatever kind of. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. I want to just start by saying that this version of The Grinch story is my favorite one to date. i mean there's there are still certain things we can talk about for sure, but like this movie does so well in portraying this character not only as just like somebody who does contain multitudes, but somebody who is human, somebody who is messy, but also real in a way that doesn't feel like... A villain doesn't feel... Villainous doesn't feel treacherous. It just feels very like... Yeah, this is happening in whatever. You know what I mean? And I also... The first, like... Four minutes... If we're looking at the diversity of Whoville... Oh, so diverse. Yeah. It was so cool! And I was like, yeah! And, like... Look at Cindy and all her friends. Like, dope! Look at everybody in that town. Look at, um... What's his name? Keena Thompson's character. Like... Yeah. It's just it was so, it was so good because then within that they're not having a conversation about how somebody is being othered; they are having a conversation about reclusive behavior and sort yes. of not necessarily othering yourself, but withdrawing from society in a way that isn't. Um, that choice has not been made for you by society; you're making that choice for yourself. So mm-hmm. that autonomy, I think, plays for a better, more humane story than the other two ever did or ever will.
1: Oh, I absolutely agree. I think that this, like, really did a great job of taking a tired story and just really updating it and making it something that we can talk about today. And that, uh, that really shows... It shows so much growth. Like, the way that the Grinch, like... He still goes to town and he still interacts with everybody. He just chooses not to. Like his neighbor is like, Oh, you're my best friend. And he's like, Oh, gross, gross. But like he is never treated like, you know, nobody's like, Oh, the Grinch, right? Like he's not the boogeyman this time. And I love that. Like I, I, so many of my notes for this one were this isn't like this this time. This is how it is. And I love this. Yeah, truly. Like, and I didn't take a lot of notes for this one just because I, really thoroughly enjoyed it so it, yeah. much like it was my first time watching it like mm-hmm. and i didn't go see it in theaters or anything because i was like all right cool whatever another grinch story same fine. why
0: i don't need to see this
1: yeah that's exactly how i felt I was and like, i why no pleasantly surprised same. so yeah. and also this world was just so much more magical than the others too yeah you know like mm-hmm. i mean there's the classic one which is like pretty shallow then the other one was like mostly like just consumerism and stuff like that you but, know
0: but this was a good blending of both it, of those it was so good, yeah. yeah
1: like i loved <laughs> one of the public transits was like stops. a bobsled
0: <laughs> oh the bobsled that just goes by <laughs> yeah. and jump on yeah
1: yeah and they like this film like not just with the characters right because the characters were so lovely and so beautiful and so like the way that they interacted and they were so yes and and so like oh personal thing it's cool whatever you know but i loved that this world felt so yes and with the environment as well like oh yeah of course there's like a snowball making machine why wouldn't we
0: want to have people to have fun on their way to work why wouldn't we yeah and then even like the, the bus system like they have three layer, three level platforms. So the lower levels for like taller people and then smaller people and smaller people on a three triple decker bus. That is just so like building this world of inclusivity and, and allowance for various types of people. and not just one type of person gave so much kindness to the world that they were building. It gave so much joy just in those first moments of like, although there are uh, moments of inconvenience and moments of like, well, that's not very nice. Like, Because, I mean, that's just the world. That's the world. That's how we exist, right? Like, even the Grinch. He's not incredibly malicious, but he's still an asshole. Like, when he's mm-hmm. in the supermarket, he, like, knocks a thing down. He's still a grumpy neighbor. And they're like, well, that wasn't very nice. So it's not people blindly yeah. reacting in a way that's like, he's a monster. It's like, no, he just did this one little shitty thing. I'm going to react like it's a little shitty thing, and that's it.
1: Yeah, but he's not grotesque, and he's he's not, not, like, the monster. Like, when he takes the jar, right, and it, like, falls down or whatever, you know, like, she's just like, oh, you're rude. like. But she doesn't know him as, like, oh, oh god, oh, god, oh, my god, oh, my god, get out of here, you know? It's Um, not by
0: how he looks, it's by, it's about his actions. Yeah. And so people's negative responses are simply based on actions. And I think that in this world, because of the kindness they give to their characters, uh, representation or or existence based on what you look like isn't a problem here in in a way that we see, obviously, because like, again, yeah. people are nuanced and I'm sure racism and that kind of shit still does exist. But in a world where it does feel like inclusion is thoughtful and the conversation about privilege has been considered, mm-hmm. this world is more kind. This world is more accepting. It's and more utopian. It, it's, yeah, utopian in a way that's not unrealistic. Yes, utopian exactly. in a way where people have worked on themselves and what they teach and how they speak. They've thought about the language and words that they use and the intention behind it. And that's what, like, from what it feels like, that's what we're seeing with this Grinch world is a very, very thoughtful place.
1: Well, and like, it's really interesting because, like, when you think of utopia, like, place without problems, blah blah blah, right? Yeah. But like, I, I think, like, what you're saying is like is so true. Like, I think it is very utopian in the fact that like, it's very inclusive. It's got, like you said, everybody's speaking with intent and with purpose, you know, but I also think it did a really good job of like, even in like a perfect society, people still have their issues, you know, single mom having a tough time, you know, like the Grinch, not very happy, not very stoked, you know, kids still have to go to, have to go home mom sets a timer she's gonna get pissed you know
0: and i also like the the conversation with boundaries here because he's like oh she started a timer they're like what and he's like i don't want to talk about it and they don't bother him
1: yeah or they don't even
0: probe they're just like cool
1: she'll be like oh it's a personal matter you know when she's talking about her thing with santa right yep like she's like i'll tell you because you're my best friend right but like the other people it's a personal matter oh okay cool yeah you know like
0: they understand boundaries they understand respect and kindness and like in a real way that's not just like just totally self-absorbed and selfish.
1: Well, and also that shows a lot of trust too, right? Because in order to really be like, for me, I'd be like, oh God, is everything okay? Like, you know, you need to tell me that everything's okay. Like, but just to say like, no, it's it's a personal matter. It's fine. I just need your help. Like- you know trust that this person is not going to put you in harm's way for no reason Yeah, you know we're not going to go on this wacky chase or do whatever like and she never does like they're they're not put in any sort of like weird position they just like help her build a trap yeah for Santa yep and that's it. They don't have to be there. They don't have to like jeopardize them and their presents or anything, right? They go to bed, they're doing jumping jacks, trying to tire themselves out so that way like, they can go to bed and Santa can bring them all their presents. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and that's it's also sweet to know that like, even the idea of like setting a trap can seem malicious and seem gross, but with the understanding that the reason she's doing this is to ask Santa. She doesn't want anything material. She wants him to help her mom because she's like my mom works so hard my mom works all night comes home and takes care of us during the day she doesn't sleep she is is not assuming anything but she's like i think she pretends to be happy how can we make her or give her the time and the rest she deserves because she's been such a good mom like how do we do that and that's that's the thing she wants to ask santa like yeah how sick is that that's so cool like acknowledging that kind of effort, especially with somebody... And Rashida Jones. Uh, love. Uh, love. Love her. Rashida Jones. Love her. So, like, her being the mom and, like, she is so kind. And she, like, even on, say, a night off, they go to the tree lighting ceremony. She still probably hasn't slept because she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. So she is on her day off being like, yeah, let's go to this cool thing. Even though I'm sure her first thing she wants to do is sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really nice to see that. And that becoming the main plot point. And her... Uh, Cindy Lou, whose interactions with the Grinch are based around this idea of wanting more for a loved one, not even for yeah. themselves. It's the thoughtfulness of of recognizing, recognizing effort and recognizing goodness and saying, I want to recognize that goodness for this other person. How do we how do we do that? And how do we give them the moment of like, you work so hard for so many people. How do we do to you the same kindness you do to others?
1: And again, they made Cindy Lou, who like the best character yeah. in this film, which we love. Right? Yeah. which is great again, mm-hmm. you know, and like, oh God, like the world that they built around her and her friends, like mm-hmm. their magical little hideouts. You oh, know? the
0: tree fort is so cute. And,
1: and like, they go in the middle of the carousel, right? Yeah. And then like, when they're talking about, okay, how are we going to trap Santa? And they have like the most sweet, gentle, like, but totally believable, like, this is what I would come up with if yeah. I were, like, six years old, yep. gotta chop Santa, gotta help my mom, you know? Yep. It was just the care that they took in that, and it wasn't, like, and I... I really appreciate that because I think like going back to like 90s and stuff like that, right? That's when we got big, crazy, elaborate things like Home Alone. It's going to be the like craziest, most wackiest, blah, blah, blah. You know, you have like Parent Trap or like all these children's schemes that are just so fucking wild and elaborate and everything, right? And so it's so nice to have it, like, brought back down to this level. A very chill level, know. Because it's also, it's still just as inventive and just as cute and just as, like, I don't know, I just... I was so in love with the world that her and her friends inhabit and just, like, the magic that they captured and, like, just, like, you know, their interactions and everything. Like, this is what it's like to be a kid. Mm -hmm. And this is what it's like to have your friend group. And this is Mm -hmm. what it's like just... I found everybody in this story so relatable. Mm-hmm. Like, even even the Grinch. Like, he had a tough week, and he just binge ate everything because, dude. I, I love told, it. That's what I do.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> he's like, I didn't binge, binge eat that much, and it's him with, like, a mountain of spaghetti, and then him just, like, <laughs> shoveling cereal and milk into his mouth. And so, getting even into the Grinch's character, the gentleness of this character, even though a little malicious at times... I loved how they wrote that in. He's a little bossy, but like the way he treats Max in this compared
1: Oh my god compared
0: to the others is just eons above. Like, yes, he makes Max do like breakfast and the coffee thing and like but he'll always say like hey, let's go instead of like, Why are you not following me? It's never a negative, it's just like a Hey, let's go over here and do this. And well, then Max I'm, is like cool.
1: Even like, the one time when like somebody else does the coffee for it, like, what are you doing? That's my job. You yeah. know, like it's like it's like a partnership that they have, you know, it's like they are actual best friends and one cannot exist without the other, you know? And they're like, even though he can be like, uh, I think rather than being mean, they just made him a little bit dismissive of Max's feelings, you know? Like when he's like, what are we going to do? Let's go play. All by myself on the organ. And then yeah. like, <laughs> he's, and so, he's trying to
0: play the drums. He's so cute. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, with his cute little faux And, and the, it, like, like,
0: little butt bop on the snail. Yeah. Like, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh my God. I loved that. I love that so much. And like, even going to play chess, even though he's like cheating uh, with Max, it's still, it's it still feels like a friendship. Yeah. And not just an ownership situation. Yeah. Which absolutely. I absolutely loved. And like, Even if we get into the conversation with Fred where, like, they go to try to find reindeer for the sleigh because he's not making Max do all the work.
1: Yes! Who would have thought?
0: That's crazy! We're having that conversation? Like, you're obviously too small and I'm not going to force you to do that. Let's go find reindeer who are bigger who would more easily be able to do this. Maybe forcing reindeer may not necessarily be the coolest thing, but in this world we're at least having a conversation about, like, hey, I get it. Yeah. I'm not going to make you do that. Let's go figure it out. And they find Fred. And Fred is the cute so to the point where like he's the one who goes and does the coffee thing and Max is like, "What?" And then later they're going to bed and Max is like, "Puppy dog oh my guys in my bed." And oh he's my like, God. "I'm sorry, Max. You have your bed. This is my bed. You got to stay there." And then Fred comes over and he's like, "Oh, you taught him puppy dog guys?" "Well, shit." And now they're <laughs> both doing puppy dog guys and he's like, "Okay, you guys can get up here. That's fine." You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he, like, allows room, even though this big-ass yakky reindeer, like, huge boy, rolls over, takes up all the space. But even with that limited space, because of the comfort and kindness that they have in developing these friendships together, he finds contentment. Like, he puts his arm up, and then he, like, is, like, obviously uncomfortable, and then, like, kind of smiles and goes to sleep. And I'm like, we're seeing such a more humane side Like in that moment where he's making allowances for new things that although might be inconvenient, he's finding positives within it, right? And so like just seeing those small moments of growth. And then when they're out doing the test run with the sleigh, Fred runs into other reindeer and he's like, oh, they're not your friends, whatever. And it's like, no, that's his family. That's his kid. That's this thing. And without even a hesitation, the Grinch goes and takes off the, the reins and the collar and he's just like. There's no question here. I'm not forcing you. You do have a life. And I was unaware of it. Now that I'm aware of it, how could I keep you? How could I make you do these things? Like, there's no question. And so then him and Max are like, I guess it's just going to be us. And in that moment of desperation, even though they're creating this villainous thing, that's when he asks Max to pull the sled.
1: And he's so happy. Yeah, because
0: now he gets to do this thing where it's like this big yak was coming in and taking over his job. Like, not his job, but like his position mm-hmm. in this relationship with the Grinch. And now, it's a will you do it for me? And he's stoked. He's like, yeah. I, I would love to do this thing for you. I want to do this. Like, I'm down. Which yeah. is so sweet and cool and it was such a better way to get to the same result. Yes. Where it's not abusive. It's not malicious. It's not negative. It's not, I own you and you're doing this now. It's a will you? Mm-hmm. Will you do this? Is that fine with you? At, at, at every turn, the the kindness of the Grinch, even though he's not necessarily the kindest person, the, the kindness within that was so sweet. It mm-hmm. made me like this movie so much more because I'm like, he contains so much variety in his character, like mm-hmm. goodness, badness. It's there, just like anybody, right? And but we're seeing both sides in a way that feels really real.
1: We saw him smile.
0: We saw him, smile. We saw him
1: be okay. We saw him be like, you know, have moments where like. Literally, all the Grinch wanted, rather than because like in in every other film, it was the Grinch was just pissed and hated everybody and wanted everybody to be miserable. Yeah. All he wanted was just to like chill with Max. He didn't want to like hang out with anybody else. He like he had no ill will towards anybody. You no. know, like he he was just kind of like a trickster. That's it. Yeah. You know, and I like you're saying like I really love that like when presented with these new things, like he was just like. Oh, absolutely not. Please go with your family like, yeah. oh, like, you know, and to me, like, I thought that that was such a better, again, like just a better take on him and his character, because like i I loved everything about it. like, this is a world where I want to live in, yeah, you know, right? where the where the bad guy <laughs> is really just like a dude that like wants to be by himself, and then, like you know so so let's just keep talking about how great his character is. I loved. The ending to this film.
0: Oh, yeah. I straight up cried. It was gorgeous.
1: I cried. Yeah, because this is the first time that the Grinch has apologized. He, like, actually apologized and he owned up. Like, he went straight to the center of town where everybody was doing the thing and he, like, hey, I'm really sorry. I did this. And Max is right there with him to share in this. Yeah. Because he's not going to let his best friend face it alone. They both did it together and he actually gives an apology and it, it and it means something it's so
0: heartfelt because yeah. not only does he go to the center of town where everybody is there but he brings back all the stuff and not away like look i brought it back giving credit he's like this is here but it shouldn't have gone in the first place mm-hmm. i am so sorry i didn't know what this meant and now i know what it means and because of that i can't believe that I've done this and I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I ruined this for you and I'm sorry I didn't listen. and I'm sorry. And just leaves. He yeah. doesn't wait to... to be like,
1: oh, it's okay. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't
0: wait for anybody to respond. He doesn't wait for somebody to react because he's like, nobody has to do anything here. What I'm doing is saying that I am fully responsible. I don't need um, forgiveness. I don't like if you want to do that, that is up to you. Mm-hmm. I I'm going to go sit with what I did and I'm going to go think about what this means for me. And he just leaves. Mm-hmm. Nobody responds. Nothing happens. Him and Max just go back home.
1: Yeah. And like, not even just like putting the stuff in there and being like, sorry. Yeah. I'm walking away. But like, has a whole speech about that and like allows everybody to see him for all of the mistakes that he just made and what he did. Doesn't sugarcoat anything and just says, I'm really sorry. Yeah. And I love that they did that because mm-hmm. like, I. Again, for sure, cried because these are the kinds of conversations that you and I talked about, yeah. like, you know, where we need to have conversations and media that shows us how to apologize and how to be meaningful in that. Yeah. And even if you do the most fucked up thing or whatever, like how to approach that, how to look somebody in the eye and say, I'm really sorry, I'm sorry. I fucked up. Yeah. You
0: know? And, and to show a moment where it's not a tit for tat, it's not an apology waiting for a forgiveness. No, no, no. This isn't on them to make the choice. You, yes. This is your thing and you're not going to give that baggage to somebody else. You own it. And by owning it, you just say exactly what it is. You say you're sorry. You say you messed up and you leave. Mm-hmm. If somebody chooses to forgive you, that's their that's prerogative. But a lot of stuff, we, they're like, well, they didn't forgive me so I can't move on. It's like, no, you can move on. You're, you don't wait for that. Mm-hmm. That's on them to make the decision for themselves. Yeah. And so the fact that he like goes back home with Max, the whole day passes and they're up there. And then that afternoon, Cindy comes and knocks on the door and he's like, why are you here? And she's like, cause I'm inviting you to dinner. He's like, why do you want to see me? Why does anybody want to see me? I've yeah. done this horrible thing to you and your friends and family. Why, why would you give me that kindness?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why would you do that? And she said, well, we don't want anybody to be alone on Christmas. So yeah. regardless of the fact that, the biggest holiday for them was shattered, taken Mm -hmm. away. They're like, yeah, that was bad. And they're not forgiving it in any, um, the town itself is not forgiving in a way that it's like, they're, they're allowing the apology to exist, Mm -hmm. but they're not like, like, we still know what happened and you still did this. But if you want to talk, we can, if you want to be a part of this, you can, Mm -hmm. we're here and you're welcome here. And we want to let you know that you're welcome. You're mm-hmm. welcome to come here. Doesn't excuse anything, but you're still welcome to be here. It's not a closed door situation. Well,
1: yeah, and then like showing how to how to move past those things, yeah. right? You know, how to truly like if you want to still have somebody in your life after that, or you if you fuck up, like how to rather than be like, No, I can't ever be around you or whatever. I'm embarrassed, right? I can't do this. Right, exactly. How to swallow your fucking pride and just say, Okay, you know, and like how to, like, and you know, after being a recluse for so long, how to allow others in again, you know, and so, like, what everything that I had to say about all of that, I was so fucking here for all of that.
0: Well, just the strength in the Grinch himself to like go down to town and accept the invitation and like, yeah. he put on a tie. He's trying. He goes to the front door and he's standing there with Max. He's like, how do I do this? Literally asks, yeah, how do I do this? And Max does not say thing because he's like the dog who's not talking and he's like, Okay, I'm just gonna do, I'm just gonna press the doorbell, and then he goes to do it and doesn't do it. And He's like, I don't I don't know how to do this. Like yeah. acknowledging that I it's don't hard. know what I'm doing and this is hard. Yeah. And then he just does it on instinct. He's like, Oh, okay, I rang it. I guess I'm doing this now. I guess I'm immersing myself in this difficult situation, and I'll try my best. Which yeah. is oftentimes. All any of us can do, yeah, you know. And then him going inside and like really trying with with Rashida Jones with with uh, Cindy's mom. She's trying to like do the cake, and she's like, "Hey, sweetie, can you go move this?" He's like, "Oh no, I got it. Don't worry about it." Mm -hmm. And then he goes and sets it down. She's like, "What about this?" He's like, "I got that too. Yeah, yeah. You're again, and and it's exactly what Cindy asked. Like, how do we help her? Because she does so much. And in this small moment, he's helping her. He's kind of fulfilling what Cindy had asked him in this moment of growth and this moment of change where he has the opportunity to be better and he takes it with such strength and such confidence. And I'm like, this is the coolest fucking version of this movie.
1: (laughs) And then like at the, after all of that, right? Like he faces all of that. He like, you know, he, you see like uh, a little bit through like the credits and everything where he's fixing things for people and he's helping them and he's like, he's enjoying himself and people are liking him and things like that because like he had that courage to like own up to his mistake to allow others to decide what they want to do with it and then to actually go back and accept an invitation and accept, like, uh, like just the strength of that character. Yeah. God, fuck. Fuck, it was so good. Like, well, I can't say enough good shit about I, this movie. I, I
0: fully agree. And, like, that last scene before the credits where it, in the book he carves the roast beast, right? Like, they give yeah. him a chance to be better. But before doing that, he's given the knife and he's like, is it okay if I say something? He asks, like, do you guys mind if I say something? And he again follows it up with, like, I'm so sorry for everything I've done. And the fact that you are gracious enough to give me the chance to be here and exist in your world and show me that warmth and kindness that I did not show to others is so powerful and enlightening to who I want to become. And then he turns to like Cindy Lou, who, and he's like, and that's literally all thanks to her kindness. And I love like, that
1: he acknowledges her. He
0: acknowledges her power yes. in the situation and what she did for him. He's like, yes, it's you as a collective and me seeing this and this kindness you're doing to me. But really what it was that prompted all this was the catalyst for my growth was the fact that she was willing to do this thing for me.
1: Yeah. I cried. I cried too. I cried so hard. because It was just
0: so, it was so real and honest. And he was like, given the chance to be better. And he takes it. Mm hmm. In what other movie where like we have these shitty characters, they stay shitty. They don't get better and they don't, even if they're like, well, I apologize. It's like, no, it's not like this. This character was sincere, was so sincere. And in the moments where it was the hardest, he like knows that like, I want to be better and this is Mm -hmm. how I do it. I go and do this and he's not trying to put up appearances. He's literally allowing people to, he's allowing people in. He's mm-hmm. allowing people to see a vulnerability that he has not shown anybody except Max and possibly even Fred. Yeah. Right. Like with those, with those people and allowing friendships and relationships to blossom from that. Cause like now he's a part of this community in some, mm-hmm. in some respects, the community that he was a recluse from for so, so long, he's now here and he sees kindness. He sees love. He sees acceptance. And I'm like. Mm-hmm.
1: And acknowledging Cindy as the window into that, right? Yes! Because, like, the whole reason that he removes himself from society is because he was alone on Christmas, you know? Yeah. And he was an orphan, and he had no family, and nobody was there for him, and nobody, like, you know... And so, like, in all of these films, Cindy is the reason for change. She is yeah. the catalyst. She is the one that he's able to see himself. She's what allows him to reflect on himself.
0: Yeah.
1: But, like, he sees what family really is Mm -hmm. you know because he has this idea of it and stuff like that but then like it all gets skewed and the whole thing right but then like seeing that like oh wow this actually can exist and it's okay and it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to like to have a Christmas it's fine like you know he just seeing that level of care I like just
0: but but seeing it firsthand as exemplified through a 10 year old who understands that like you're flawed, and so am I, and that's fine. But you're still welcome if you want to be here. Like we would like to see you, yeah. Even if you choose not to come, like that—that mm-hmm. that strength that she had, and that kindness that she's showing, and even he's like, "Well, do they want to see me?" She's like, "That doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Like I would like to see you, and some of us will. Yeah. Oh. She's like, "She's like, so what they think of you isn't important. I am here because I would like to see you. So if you'd like to come." Uh, You're welcome. That's a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I cannot express enough how kind this movie is to all of its characters. I again was so hesitant to go see this in theaters because I was like, "Well, it's The Grinch again. Like, it's the same story. What? What else are you going to say with this story? It's the same thing. He's a grump, steals Christmas, everything's good. The heart is three times big now. Cool, done. Yeah, this." movie did so so much to create an entirely different story with yeah. this even though technically it's the same relative plot they spent so much time to consider they were so thoughtful in the way that they created this this place and these characters and the interactions within them
1: and that's why everything is a choice right? and cho- that's why like when you yeah. take the time and the care and the love to like really go through and, like, and make these decisions. And, like, not just make those decisions yourself, but, like, get a team of people. Like, get a group of people that all have the same type of vision. Like, this is what you can achieve. You know? And this is the world that I think we all want to live in. Yeah. And the other thing that was great about this movie is not only were they kind, but they also didn't have... It wasn't an easy film, like, they didn't have easy choices, no. and they didn't have the, an easy way out, and they didn't all of that, but like, showed how you can be gentle and kind in that. In the most like, difficult
0: situations. This
1: is, it was so much more nuanced than any of the other movies, mm-hmm. and so much kinder, exactly. and so much like. It's one of those things where, like, it didn't have to be adult. It didn't have to, like, try to, like, you know... It really just yep. did appeal to so many different people because because of the love and care in, like, literally everything yeah. that they did. And I would watch this again, like, ten more Same. times.
0: Same. I want... I'm going to watch it again closer to Christmas because, like, it was just so kind. And like you said they're not relying on the artifice of character development through tropes, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're designing the nuanced character of, of real life of, of flawed people, but kind people and thoughtful people and sometimes shitty people. Like the, the multitudes that we all carry in the, 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 the way that we exist in different spaces, they're here for all of that. And they're designing characters that exist in those spaces in the same way that we do. Right. Mm-hmm. The consideration of them in making this was like, Chef's kiss.
1: More of this. More of this. This is what we need more of.
0: Exactly. When we talk about, like, movies and stuff where we want to see more stories where we do have to ask tougher questions and not rely on tropes and not rely on other people's representation of who other people are or exist as, this is what we're talking about. Stories like this that really, really do justice to difficult conversation and nuance and and, and, diversity and and, and all of that. Like... uh, Ah, and, and it's not even like one of those things too, like, just even through, th- like, seeing this movie with such a diverse cast of characters, just by itself, and there was never, because I feel like a lot of media will do something like that, but then they have to comment on it. They have to make a comment and be like, this, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not just, if, if we it, see more movies where we see diversity in such a very just, like, this is the way it is, it's not just white people, like,
1: it's not <laughs> self-congratulatory. To that, you it's say. not self-congratulatory. It, you. Thank it you. is yeah, like yeah. literally just cool. Here's a world that's tight.
0: Yeah, you know. Here's, here's a world that exists. Yeah, yeah. It,
1: it like it felt like they took the any good dreams that like any anybody had ever had, and they were just like cool. Like you know Christmas town. This is what it's like. You know. Here's yeah. like here's a snowball machine, and here's this, and everybody's making snow angels, and then there is a goat. Yeah, and he screams, it's real funny, you know, (laughs) like, just like... And, oh,
0: (laughs) with that goat, too, because that was such a, like, a fun comedic moment, but usually that kind of, like, stark annoyance for somebody characteristically like the Grinch would be, like, his blood would boil. Yes. His blood would curdle at the thought of, like, this nonsense goat who's just being a goat. Yeah. You know? Is messing up his plans. Like they go and there's all this reindeer and they like, like just scream super loud and all the reindeer go and he's like, okay.
1: Yeah, I think he said, "Going to can." Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) Well, he's obviously frustrated, but he's like, "Well, you're just a go." He's like, like, "Why am I gonna be mad over this? I'm bummed out because it's not gonna be easy for me, but life's not easy, so be it."
1: And this is why like getting away from tropes is so great because like everybody in this was so relatable, was so chill, and was just like. I, even though I knew the story of the Grinch, I felt like I hadn't seen this movie before. That is so different.
0: It is so different.
1: And it was just lovely from start to finish.
0: And I feel like they really, um, without super going into it, developed this idea of the Grinch as this, like, super intelligent person. Like, when he, his sleigh was sick.
1: His little sidecar. His his sidecar for
0: Max was so thoughtful. (laughs) His um, candy canes. The grappling hook, candy cane, the shield, the spinner, like it had, it was like the multi-purpose tool of the future. That he made, and look at his house. Look at all of the cool gadgets in his house. Look at—he
1: was like his- a Batman Grinch that like had all of like the the Grinch cane, the yeah. Grinch sleigh, the Grinch like, and like the way that like there was like certain moments, like especially like when he was in the cave, kind of like showing all this stuff off, where it was like it felt like you know like a Spider-Man movie, or it felt or like not a, maybe like into the <gasps> Spider-Verse, kind of like you know yeah. where it was like real cool and real fun, like yeah. but like. The way that they allowed him to have all of that, and just, like, it was so interesting how he did all of that, yeah. and how he pulled all of that. And the animation for that, too, like, was when they were, like, fantastic. he was going from house to house, and it was, like, the thing on the top, and the, like, I just sat there, and I was, like, holy shit, this is so great. It was... This r- is so great. Such
0: a well-done movie. I don't, I don't think I even have any critiques on it, for the most part, like, It kind of solved a lot of what I thought the other movies lacked, or it did better where I Mm. thought the other movies lacked.
1: Um, I think my only critique of of all three films is that it takes a young woman for a man to be reflective on himself and his life. Yeah, which is kind of a tired trope, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, Um, and then she has to she has to do that work. For him or to, like, help him through that. Yeah. So, like, but at the same time, you know, in this world of kindness, like, I didn't feel like that was kind of out of place, you know? I felt like that was just kind of how the world was. Whereas in, like, the, the second one, for sure, uh, the Jim Carrey one, it felt like, you know, she had to go, like, her entire, like, Cindy Lou's <coughs> entire story in <laughs> both of those was... Um, Was literally, she was just there to be a sounding board for him. She, like, she had no autonomy over anything. Like, she, yes, she was questioning herself and everything, but she existed so the Grinch could have a sounding board.
0: And to get to where she needed to be that sounding board, she had to go through such a drastic circumstance, literally questioning all authority figures around her who were telling her, no, no, no. And she's like... Well, yes. And then she Mm -hmm. had to go climb Mount Crumpet to go see the Grinch and say, I am not afraid. So she had to possess within herself such strength and such power just to get there for him to be like, don't listen to me. I'm a monster. I'm going to self-deprecate and go away. Yeah. Okay. Whereas this one's way different. Like, sure. Exactly. Sure, Cindy prompts that, but she's not going out of her way to make this happen except for when she invites him to dinner. Mm -hmm. That's the only time that she goes out of her way to like make that happen and i think that making that the one moment where she does it's so important because it's like he just did this thing and he honestly was earnest in his apology in some capacity not to excuse any of the behavior by any means but she sees that and she's like we would like you to be here yeah so she went out of her way to make make him feeling welcome known
1: yeah and she she didn't have to be the one like furthering the story no like she, like you said, like that's the only time that she goes to him in this one, you know. So I thought that the way that they they made her be that reflection for him or that like window into what a family life is and stuff like that, I thought that was really clever and really well done. Yeah. Whereas the way that the Jim Carrey version was, it felt very tired. Oh, he's and super it felt tired. very like because she was going up there constantly. She was constantly forcing him to change. Whereas this one. He decided he wanted to change. Yeah.
0: He did that for himself. Yeah. And then when she saw that change, that's what she's like, cool. You've done some work.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're
0: welcome here because we know that you are self-reflective and you you have the capacity for change that we... And again, it's part of this one thing that like allowing goodness into your life. Yeah. Like I recognize the goodness in you now and the capacity for change that you have. You're welcome here now because again, we are all flawed individuals, but... Mm -hmm to see that you have that capacity for growth and change, you're welcome here. Like you're allowed to be here.
1: I'm tearing up. You know what I mean? Like,
0: like just it's, it's, it's the idea of allowing goodness into your life and knowing when it's not good and not putting yourself in, in danger or jeopardy just because it's, you're being cordial or whatever. It's, it's you're welcome in this family because you have the strength to grow you and you have the willingness to change and to fail. But, to be better from it.
1: And you've already been doing that And work. you've
0: shown us that. So you're welcome yeah. here. Like, come have dinner with us. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's get to know you. Like, uh, uh so good. Yeah. It's like that. I yeah, I don't know. It's, it's cool.
1: And like, yeah. And like, just again, like everybody was so like, yeah, cool. Like, you're here now. Let's like, you know, let's talk. You know, mm-hmm. like I just the yes and in this, mm-hmm. the yes and on every single level was just gorgeous. Perfect. I loved it so much. I loved it too. <laughs> All right. So here we are. We've watched three movies again the first time. So I realized that we watched uh, The Mummy for our first episode mm-hmm. right before we like really had like a structure or anything. Yeah. And the very, and it had uh, Boris Karloff in it.
0: And now this one is the three fur with one, Boris Karloff. Isn't that sweet? That is sweet. I do like that. So precious. The Boris podcast. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> no. Um, no, I do. Yeah, that is. That I didn't even catch that. That's so cool.
1: I got really excited when I saw his name on the credits. I was like,
0: Oh, <gasps> hell yeah! I love that.
1: I didn't know anything about movies before. Like, I mean, like actors' names and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like, so now I'm like, <gasps> Oh, I
0: know that person. Yeah, Ooh, they were do. Oh, I recognize that. that. Was them? Ooh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So that was the Grinch in all three iterations. That first one. How'd you feel about it? Who is it for, actually?
1: I'm just gonna say it's for boomers. Yeah. I feel like I have to I feel like <laughs> I had, that's every episode. I had, <laughs> I had like my checklist. I was like like all of my notes ended in okay boomer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Truly, yeah. <laughs> Get off
1: my lawn. Okay boomer. It's for Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yes.
0: So did you like it?
1: Um not really. Yeah. Yeah, like played I, the song. This song will still like be cool with me, uh-huh. but I don't need to see it again. Same, yeah, yeah.
0: I think that the first one is for people who argue utopian society as a point of abject reality. And Clint Eastwood.
1: And Clint Eastwood, <laughs>
0: who probably has that too. He's like, well, in a perfect, and it's like go to bed and
1: yeah, go to bed. Where yeah, go to bed.
0: Did I like it? I did not like it. Well, okay, no, I like it, but in the same way that you said that, I think it's played out. I'm bored by it. It's nostalgic. It's nostalgic, yeah. And it's like, put it on in the background at a Christmas party or a holiday party or you know a winter party of some kind. Yeah. Sure. And then I'll I'll be on board.
1: Yeah, it's fine. I won't pay attention. (laughs) Yeah, I don't need to see it.
0: It's not. It's not. It's not great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, What about the? 2000 version, Uh, was it new, interesting, the same?
0: It was new and interesting in the way that it tried to portray anti-hero villainy and also young strength and questioning of authority. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it failed in a lot of those just because it did reiterate the same story in more words, whereas the 66 version did a very similar thing that wasn't really like anti-capitalist and bullying and inherited trauma. Like none of that was there, but I just think it said the same story in more words. I agree. Yeah.
1: I think it was a little bit more progressive and again, the ways that we would get like our girl power moments and stuff like that. And like in the two thousands, we had a lot of like, you know, okay, here's this story now. Like, you know, that was like a 10 minute short and now it's like two hours and yeah. now everybody's fucked up and like you know but it's like it's still zany mm-hmm. whereas like then we go into like the later 2000s and stuff and everything is just like dark night <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: just brooding you I yeah. get me this is guy. still like
1: zany dark and like zany commentary like a yeah. satire it felt more like a satire i think yeah
0: oh um, for sure it had those moments
1: yeah so but like yeah i do feel like I feel like it was pretty regressive in a lot of ways, but because of, I think because of Cindy Lou Who and what she did and what she represented, um, I think it was better than it probably should have been. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Honestly. Yeah. I totally get that.
1: Um, so who do you think it was for?
0: I think it was for fans of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, When Nature Calls.
1: The scene where he's like going out of the, um, the rhino. Yeah. Where oh, he being cursed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because there's a lot of shit when we can like talk about those stories later if we want to possibly. But. Oh man. Because of the comedic physicalities of Jim Carrey, he was kind of just doing a reiterative version of Ace Ventura a little bit, which is just like a lot of his sort of physical him. humor. That's just yeah. his style, you know, but that's, it, it felt like it was for those fans, but also kids who watch Nickelodeon. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm going to say it was for, yeah, for Ace Ventura fans mm-hmm. and Ron Howard fans. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: That.
1: I mean, he did leave in that whole like segment about himself, right? It was yeah. for Ron Howard. That's who it was for. It was
0: Ron Howard. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> absolutely fair. Um.
1: Oh, wait, but did we wait. like it? Oh, did we, we like we it? We said yes.
0: I said yes. Yes. Yeah. I liked it. Even uh, I,
1: w- I would watch that one over the other one.
0: Over the sixty six. Over the sixty six one. Absolutely. Yeah. But I would for sure watch the new one.
1: I know. Like but if and when I watch the two thousand one again, it would be like that and jingle all the way and home alone. Yes. Boom, done.
0: Yeah. Because that's yeah, that's a good lineup. They all have the same tone to some extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Next one. brum 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 Was it new? Interesting. The same? Progressive, regressive. Give it- me your
0: It was so new and progressive and, again, I feel like I'm just going to keep saying kind and thoughtful because that's exactly what it was. It was such a great movie. So much kindness went into that. It's, like we were saying before, examples of media that gets it right. Examples of stories that get it right. Like you were saying, there was still that sort of, like, trope of, like, it takes a young girl to, like, make this grown man, like, see himself. So there are certain moments that are still... A little messy, but they did it so much better than Mm -hmm. the other movies and I think this was super progressive. I think it was super new. And it was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, please don't write it off.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's
0: so good. I was writing it off super hard and then I we like I watched it. Fuck. What a beautiful movie.
1: Yeah, I wasn't gonna watch it and then like I, I never in a million years would have been like Oh sick, I gotta watch this, right? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well fuck, I guess we gotta watch this. Mm-hmm. And I have never been more delighted. Same. And like even with that trope that we were talking about earlier with Cindy, like I feel like it was so much less present and maybe it's because I watched all of them so close together, but like you're right, like she never really went out of her way to go find him or to go do anything. Because she like she was doing Santa. So like the way that they presented that that type of trope was just so new and refreshing that I didn't feel as tired, like yeah. it, did, it did it. I was super fine with it. Yeah, you know,
0: because she literally smacks into him on her little sled the first time. Yeah, second time is when he's Santa because that has nothing to do with him. She just wants to talk to Santa. Yeah, the only time she ever goes to his house is when she sees change.
1: Man, that's so good, not so, cool? so great, so fucking good. Yeah. Um, who was it for? It was for
0: people who are thoughtful. It was for people who are considerate. It was for people who are kind. It was for flawed people who understand that growth is necessary and ignorance is rampant and growing through that and knowing that you'll never be the best version of yourself until you start working on it every day and you start thinking about your place in this world, your existence in this world in conjunction with other people and how you impact other people and other people's impact on you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's who it was for.
1: I absolutely agree. It's for people that are working to do better Mm -hmm. and just want to see what a world looks like when we're all trying to do better. And when we've like, you know, what are we working towards? It is what hope looks like. It is what hope looks like. This is what we're Mm -hmm. moving towards. And I'll
0: even say it's for more than just that group, because I think showing this example to people who don't necessarily have that mentality is a good way to get people thinking about that kind of kindness. So not just Mm -hmm. to instill the same ideals into people who are already working on it because I think that that's also sick to see that reiterated in media. Yeah. But to see that not having thought about that process or thought about that way of existing, huge. That's so important. And I think this kind of a thing, this kind of a movie is, I think it's for everybody.
1: And I think because of the way that it was presented to and because it was doing stuff that was so new and so refreshing, it wasn't tiring. And so like a lot of times when like people in films and stuff like that are trying to like talk about this stuff as a bigger issue, people like automatically tune it out, but it was so entertaining. And so like, like again, just the yes. And and everything like, I feel like even if people are going to this film and don't have that on their mind, it is going to be something that sticks in their head because yeah. it is just so different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. God, I love this movie. I want to watch it again. It was so good.
1: I really love it. Yeah. We should watch it again right now. I know. <laughs> I want to cry again. It was so good. I know. It's so good.
0: Um, well, sick. That was a fun episode. I'm so happy we got to do a movie that we don't tear apart oh from God. limb limb to limb. Um, well, thank you, Jess. This thank has been you, so fun. Eric, this has been great.
1: Yeah. So, um, Thank you for listening. If you are enjoying this, please rate and review us on Apple podcast, Stitcher, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Um, if you have questions or anything, feel free to write in at nostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. We would like to say a special thanks to David Chicero for providing technical support, uh, Danny Barkley for, uh, editing our podcast and. Again, thank you, Eric.
0: Thank you, Jess. This is awesome. This is I love great. doing this so much. Me
1: too. Okay, cool. We'll
0: <laughs> see you right. next time. Bye.
1: Happy holidays. Bye
0: bye. Bye bye. <laughs>